0: Zoe 101?
1: <laughs> yeah, Zoe 101. Um, it's so awesome that you know that. Hey everybody,
2: welcome to episode 73 of the SoCo show from Bend, Oregon. This is SpongeCo Square Beans, yeah. and, and I am joined as always from Iowa by Seth Ott.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm still stuck on why you did Zoe 101.
2: <laughs> I actually don't know. I was like, what what noise can I make that uh, that'll be entertaining? And that's the first thing I thought of. Yeah, I guess so. I make that noise more often than I want to admit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do too, actually. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god, good stuff. Um, we got a uh, quite a bit going on in the show today. Uh, not a ton of news, but a lot of review stuff. Uh, a couple couple TV corners and a lot of movies to look at, uh, and a couple little bits of news that that we'll talk about along the way as well. Uh, of course, Week 15 in the NFL. Uh, the return of one-word summaries. We took a week off of that last week, so a lot of uh, a lot of great stuff. Coming at you in a bit here. We got any shenanigans we should discuss before we get into chic?
0: Well, I got a, I got a, I got a one one bit of uh, happenings. So today was at work was uh, basically an ugly sweater Christmas spirit day because a lot of people are taking off the rest of the week, you know, and stuff like that. So uh, I wore my ugly Christmas sweater. Do you do you remember what mine was?
1: I
2: remember it being just horrifying, but I can't remember. <laughs> Doesn't it have like a three D something on no,
0: it? No, no. So. What it is, uh and it was definitely it was definitely a hit this year, but so it's it's a green sweater, has like trees and stuff on it, and then it's Santa with his shirt off, like real buff and abs. <laughs> and uh that's his top half, and the bottom half is like uh either a unicorn or a horse of some kind. Uh it's a, a santar.
1: <laughs> oh my god, that is fucking great.
0: And <laughs> I was really concerned, like going into work, like is with Santa with his shirt off, all these abs, is that going to be looked at as, cause I'm not like, it's all a bunch of people who are probably at least in their thirties or older with a couple younger people, uh, you know, sprinkled in there. Some people I know are kind of religious and stuff too. So I didn't know if it would like offend some people, but, uh, it went over really well. It was a hit. So I was told by multiple people, I even got an email from someone in a different office that said it was great. So. Yeah, Santar is a is a, is a smash hit this this Christmas season. Oh my
1: season. god,
2: Santar Santa with the six pack abs. I only got one thing to say about that.
0: Nice,
1: nice.
2: That's uh, I don't remember having seen that. That, that would, like we, I wore it really last
0: don't. year to uh, we had our friends' miss, and that's what I got it for.
2: Oh, I had a lot to drink that night. That's probably why I don't remember that sweater. Yeah. I mean, well, it is a pretty. Seth,
0: it's an unforgettable sweater when you, when you are sober, so I'll probably be known for that sweater for the rest of my time at, at my current company.
2: <laughs> that's one way to get people to, to remember abs and associate that with you. So that's kind of a cheat code. <laughs> I like it.
0: That's awesome, bud. Uh,
2: let's, uh, let's jump into it. We got to start like we always do with chic tweets. I call you a punk.
0: I, this one is kind of a an open ended story for me. the the re, the initial thought of the Iron Sheik here was that he he was taking a shower, and he uh, was scrubbing away at, at his well. I guess he has a bald head, so he's scrubbing at his mustache, maybe his eyebrows. He's got some bushy eyebrows. Uh, he l- let a little bit of his uh, shampoo go into his eyes, and uh, th- this tweet came out: Johnson and Johnson, go fuck yourself forever. <laughs>
2: I guess uh, it wasn't it wasn't no tears shampoo. Yeah, exactly. You like have to use.
0: Oh, that stuff was great. The 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 red bottle one that was shaped like a fish. Do you remember that one? Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. That was L'Oreal Kids shampoo. Oh, my God. That.
0: Yeah. that I squirted the...
2: it directly into my eyes. That's why I have such luscious eyelashes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's the, I remember the smell of it. Smell of that stuff. It was it was the best it was like a cherry or something. Oh, man.
2: They had some dope ass commercials too. They they had some kids. They jump on and be like L'Oreal Kids Shampoo. It was fun. <laughs> oh my god!
1: I'm not making that up. I know that sounds made up, but
0: uh, it was just really weird how bad. like your cadence even sounded like you're doing a kids commercial.
1: Yeah, that
2: was. Uh, I have a. I don't know if you knew this, but my side hustle is is voicing over young children for commercials like that.
0: <laughs> I I really wanted to. I don't really, I barely know what this this statement means, but apparently all the, the kids are saying it nowadays, but I wanted to say a weird flex, but okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my God. We just, just
2: now, we now have recorded evidence of us getting old. Oh man. Because that was, that was, that is something kids say. Yeah. I don't really get it. And you sounded awful saying it. So like, we <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we are officially fucking old i don't like it
0: oh I've, i already knew this i already lived the life of it i've lived the life of an old man for three years but
2: <laughs> well i wasn't ready for it but now i guess i'm old too
0: yeah you try saying it your turn
2: <laughs> okay let me see if i can sound a little bit cooler yeah weird flex but okay
0: that's a little better that sounds a little more casual
2: <laughs> do i sound cool
0: <laughs> you sound a little more casual i was i sounded like a like <laughs> Like a robot trying to be a teenager.
2: Well, and then you didn't help your cause by asking if it was something the kids are saying before. you <laughs> said. It.
1: I think this is what the kids are saying.
0: Yeah, that too. Well, honestly, oh, I forgot what the end part. I knew weird flex, but I couldn't remember what is what what goes after that. <laughs> People that, always
2: say that to me in the literal sense when I'm at the gym because yeah. my flexes are weird
0: because because your, your muscles go the opposite direction
2: yeah actually they look fine when i just hold my arm but then when i actually flex it it droops i don't know how, i think i'm the only person that that happens to it's weird
0: you're like spongebob
2: i'm exactly like spongebob in a yeah. lot of ways thank you i appreciate that yeah it's <laughs> uh, true. somehow we arrived at my inverted muscles looking like spongebob's <laughs> uh, <laughs> this
1: week as a result somehow she tweets i call you a punk
2: Don't forget, folks, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box. You're going to get your first 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free. I just picked up, uh, used one of my credits on... Uh,
0: <laughs> oh, no.
2: <laughs> Do you remember what?
0: Harry
1: August. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i got the first 15 lives of harry august (laughs) and uh i haven't started it yet but i just wanted uh basically i wanted mike to know that i took him up on his recommendation
0: so even
2: though i haven't started it
0: (laughs) um so i i rarely go back to listen to the episodes but for whatever reason i was bored at work on friday nothing to do and so i clicked on the episode and kind of listened to a little bit of it and harry august was early on in the episode and so I was listening to that and I, I had forgotten about it from, we recorded on Monday until it was posted on Friday and, and I was dying at work at shit <laughs> that I was saying and it just felt so weird.
1: Don't you hate that? Dude, that's the life of the editor.
2: The editor is always telling me like, when you go back and listen to shit and laugh at it, you feel so stupid because you're like, I made that joke.
0: <laughs> they just released, uh, for the, cause the orphan X book, it comes out in January uh, they released a short story like they did for the last one. So I think that'll be the next, those will be the next two things I pick up on, on, on Audible, on audible um, over the next month or so. So I'm very excited for the Orphan X series, especially with the announcement not too long ago, they're doing the Amazon series.
2: Nice. Very good stuff. Uh, take take us up on both these recommendations and uh, get yourself a hairy orphan using your Audible trial <laughs> free
1: credits. 30 days in your first book for free if you hit the link. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on and we have some one word summaries there's only one word to describe you and i'm
2: gonna spell it out for you one word summaries is back seth has scoured the internet for three wacky news stories that he will summarize in one word apiece uh don't worry folks we're only going to cover one of these stories but all three links will be available in the description box. So if we don't choose the one you wanted to hear, uh, just go ahead and hit the links. Uh, You'll also find links to all of our sponsors and all the stories we're talking about today um, and all sorts of fun stuff. So make sure you check out the description box. Oh, timestamps there as well if you want to skip around in the show. So check out the description box uh, for all of that fun stuff. So uh, Seth, one word summary is What do we have this week?
0: Um, Just so so the people know as well. um, Yes, we skipped video games because there's no no news. So we went from... A uh, little segment to the next little segment. So yes. Um, all right. Your words are thieves, calendar, or jail.
2: Hmm. I wonder if this is all one story about calendar thieves getting justice. <laughs> um. I, it's almost the end of the year. I need to get into the market for a calendar, so I will choose <sighs> that one. That
0: was my least favorite.
2: Ah, crap. Okay. Well, hit us with those other two headlines.
0: All right. Well, the thieves, <laughs> thieves is definitely my favorite.
2: <sighs>
0: All right. <laughs> Ex NASA engineers fart laced glitter bomb stuns package thieves.
2: <laughs> I saw this story, and it's fucking great. Everyone should go re- like go to the description box and okay. read that story because it's fucking hilarious.
0: All right. Well, I'm glad. <clears throat> I'm glad. Uh, You've already read it, so I didn't. We didn't have to go over it. Um, yeah, it would it would have, it would have not been a surprise to you. So, uh, jail. Uh, this is kind of a cruel and unusual punishment, I think. Uh, Missouri, Missouri judge orders poacher to repeatedly watch Bambi in jail.
2: Oh my god, that's next level shit! I don't know how that's constitutional. That's weird.
0: That's pretty awesome. God. All right, make him this- face
2: the fact that his family that the the deer he murdered or whatever it is he poached had a family that's fucked it, up
0: man it was deer it just said uh that he cut their heads off and left the bodies to rot so
2: jesus christ
0: yeah so he probably deserves it but uh and this one's good too um very interesting uh for calendar shirtless vladimir putin calendar is number one with japanese women what <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, many women in Japan are attracted to the Russian autocrat's unashamed machismo. (laughs) (laughs) Vladimir Vladimir Putin's ragged sex appeal may be making Japanese women all hot and bothered. Oh,
1: that's nasty.
0: (laughs) See, it seems a 2019 calendar featuring the 66-year-old Russia president... In various states of shirtlessness, is the top-selling calendar at Loft, a popular Japanese household items change, chain. Calendar show, photos show Putin dipping into a freezing lake in January, plays, playing ice hockey in February, and frolicking in the snow with dogs in December. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's cool, because he's, he's got the tough side, but then also the sweet side with the dogs.
0: Exactly. Um,
2: I would buy this calendar.
0: Sounds pretty awesome. It says, uh The Japan Times speculated many women were, were buying the calendar as a practical joke. The Guardian claimed Putin's un- unashamed machismo is so attractive to Japanese women that the autocrat's calendar is outselling even the country's top movie stars and athletes. So basically, he's outselling just Pico Taro. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: oh, my God. I had forgotten about Pico Taro. Fuck you for bringing him back up.
0: Oh, no. Um. I guess I could have. I like my one more thing more, but um, since we're on the subject of Japan, uh, he has done a commercial for um, a burger in uh, for Burger King and for just a burger that's only in Australia that has pineapple on it, and he did. It's like
1: oh god,
0: it's like the pineapple whopper. I think it's like I have a pineapple, I have a whopper, <laughs> like yeah, and it doesn't even that like have. About right. Yeah, it's terrible. It doesn't even have like any sort of like i mean other than just the words it doesn't like sound anything like the original song because he used the word whopper instead of pen so
2: well get your money pico taro i got i got no no hate for you
0: i still wanted to be him for halloween that year but that was expensive costume
2: <laughs> yeah that would have been fucking great though so we got what pico taro is making uh australian burger commercials but uh all the ladies back home are, are after that sweet sweet putin bod nice nice which, uh, I mean, the dude is chucked. I mean, he, he's in shape for as old as he is. Or they're great at Photoshop in Russia. I don't know which it is. That's going to do it for this week's one-word summaries.
1: There's only one word to describe you, and I'm going to spell it out for you. We had one of
2: the strangest weeks in a long time in the NFL, week 15. Uh, so let's catch up to that this week in Sports. Sports. Mm.
1: And boom, goes the dynamite.
2: I want to start with the most important thing, and that's that, fuck you, Seth. Tell me that you don't believe in the Chargers anymore.
0: I don't believe in the Chargers still.
2: Get the fuck. You're wrong. You're wrong. They beat the Chiefs on Thursday night with a sweet-ass, ballsy two-point conversion at the end of the game, and I picked that to happen. I told you it was going to happen, and the Chargers won. They're now tied for the lead in that division. Uh, the Chiefs right now hold the tiebreaker, though. Uh, the Chief, the Chargers right now are a Chiefs loss away from having home field advantage in the fucking playoffs. And they're not getting any respect for you. I don't know why that is, Seth. It,
0: the reason I don't believe him is not the regular season. I mean, that was very impressive. I, I I will give you that. It was a very impressive game, especially not having Keenan Allen for almost all of it. Or Melvin, or Melvin Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, or Austin Eckler, even. It was impressive. And Phillip Rivers was, was on fire. That for whatever reason in the playoffs, the Chargers just completely shit the bed and the home thing doesn't matter they play in a soccer stadium uh, <laughs> and yeah i'll give you that and most of the time anyway and even like la teams don't have a great home fan base um they like the the it's usually half and half of those games we've been to a couple of those um even this week the eagles game it was ha- half and half uh, yeah. i heard from multiple people who were there um same thing with like chargers games home the home stuff really doesn't matter in la so it would really matter more because they don't have to play in in, in Arrowhead which yeah. that would be very difficult but <clears throat> there's not really a home field advantage It's more neutral than anything at that point especially cuz chiefs fans travel well too so mm. every time the the chargers are in the playoffs it ends poorly and and very unceremoniously <laughs> ceremoniously so <laughs> i i i still don't i don't have them as a as a as a do they get can they get to the afc championship especially with the way the patriots are playing yeah i think they can definitely do that um i don't see them as a super bowl being in the super bowl though for sure
2: well we'll see i i I hope that i continue to be right because i love it um give me all the give me all the chargers
0: well i can tell Um, you right now i don't believe it's going to be a chargers Rams super bowl
2: (laughs) (laughs) well that's actually that's a good segue let's uh let's talk about the rams they were not good they were not good on sunday night against the eagles I don't know if it's Sunday night or if it's something going on with Goff or the play calling. The Rams are out of sorts right now, and it's very ugly. They've played a really poor three games, even though they beat Detroit a few weeks ago. Uh, the Rams have fallen to 11-3. and They've won- lost their last two games. They're now a game, a full game behind the Saints for the number one seed, and the Bears are only a game behind. So mm-hmm. the Rams are going to need to win you know, one or two of these last couple games in order to keep their first-round bye which I think is a huge deal for that team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they've just not looked good. They um, They haven't been super balanced. They, they're not passing the ball well. It seems like a lot of the creativity in that offense is, has just not been there. Um, the defense has been playing okay. Uh, they give up 30 to the Eagles, but uh, they still, I think, played well in general. Um, I don't know really what's going on with this Rams team. It just looks like the Rams of old where just shit kind of just goes wrong, right? Mm-hmm. They had a fumbled punt. Um, when they were trying to come back at the end and it was just a weird ugly game uh the Rams finish against the Cardinals and the 49ers so hopefully they can get those games I would think but well, I don't know yeah, They're kind of limping in 49ers have played well though um, they beat the, and Seahawks. the Rams are just kind of limping in the Seahawks were a big one this week um they lose and they're still in that position they're still in that um wild card position uh and they've actually they've jumped. Minnesota right so Seattle is eight and six well that was already the case Mm -hmm. so Seattle has the top uh, wild card spot even with the loss Minnesota gets a win Um, so those are the top two wild card spots the Eagles are right behind though Um, but yeah this the Seahawks losing to the Niners I think is this more is this a is this a bad Seahawks game or a good Niners game to you I think it's a good Niners game
0: I think it was just a trap game honestly Mm -hmm. Um, it it, because the Seahawks play the chiefs on monday night uh mm. and so that's i think they they were kind of looking ahead on that one so i you know I, I i don't think the 49ers are a good team by any means but yeah the, the, i think that was just more of a looking ahead
2: the the saints as i said jumped into the number one spot they won the ugliest game i've ever fucking seen <laughs> on monday night they beat the the panthers who have lost like six straight games now uh 12 to nine in that one um so the Saints are kind of in control of the NFC. Um, then you have the Bears. Uh, they're in the third spot. So Saints, Rams, Bears. Um, the Bears beat the Packers in a, a pretty good performance by them. Um, they look good. I think the Bears are a team that I am very concerned about if they somehow can get into that set, that first round bye mm-hmm.
0: and then home, home
2: game territory. I, the, the Bears are a team that I think could sneak in. Uh, do you agree?
0: Yeah, no, I if they're playing at home it's tough and uh yeah, that uh the the Bears are they're I, I was not believing in them but I, I I that defense, especially the last few weeks of the season, defense has has been really uh more more important than ever. Um and so the the more important than this entire season. And so yeah, it's uh if they have that legit defense like they do and and if Trubisky can have just an okay game even, then that team is a really dangerous team, especially with the way Tariq Cohen's playing, and how Howard had a better game this week too. So if they keep playing the way they're playing, the Bears will be be a scary team.
2: Yeah, the Bears got it going on right now. Uh, very balanced team looking good. Uh, the Vikings, uh, they looked a lot better this week. Uh, the jury's still out on whether or not these Dolphins are for real, but they are, they're in the playoff mix, right? So not by record, more, they're... Right, they're probably out now, but by record going into last week, they were a legit team, uh, and the Vikings seemed to handle them. They got got back into the running game. The defense was fantastic. You got to be feeling a little more optimistic about the Vikes going forward.
0: Uh, n- not really. Um,
2: <laughs> I forgot who I was talking to.
0: <laughs> it, well, that yes, but also be the uh, they that defense was like the 28th ranked defense. Um, and I think like 30th against the run. So, um, it, you know, it made sense that they ran all over him. I mean, the the Vikings definitely made a, a really good shift in their game plan. Uh, they really had, they only gave up one legitimate drive against the Dolphins. And that was the field goal drive that there was a 75 yard touchdown run by, uh, uh, Kalen Blage, and, uh, which you're probably going to say who, because he was like, he was the third stringer going into the game. <laughs> and then, uh. And then there was a, uh, a pick six, the dumbest pick six that Kirk Cousins has thrown all year, which he's thrown multiple. Um, <laughs> so th- there was, and that kind of got the Dolphins back into it. But otherwise, I mean, the Dolphins barely got past the 50 yard line through most of the game. Um, that, that wasn't inc- that defense and the way they ran the team looked like the team from last year. Um, mm-hmm. And it they looked like they should have looked all year because what they did was they ran the ball. They played awesome defense, and then Kirk Cousins made a couple of really key throws that I know Case Keenum wouldn't have been able to make. Um, there was one that it was like a forty-yard touchdown pass right on the money to Aldrick Robinson in the end zone. Case Keenum ain't making any forty-yard passes anywhere. So, <laughs> like that—that's why they have Kirk Cousins is to make the key throws when they need it, uh, to make a couple first downs when they need it. But they were this game; they were in third and third and three, third and four through most of the game on on third downs. Um, and then they were able to get the dolphins off the field and, uh, you know, con- convert when they needed to. So yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was, a, it was a welcomed sight. I wish they would have done this weeks ago, uh, against teams like the Seahawks. Um, we'll see if they can continue to run the ball the way they were because, um, you know, again, the dolphins have a terrible run defense, but, uh, if they can continue doing what they're doing, they, I think they might have uh, a pretty decent shot to shot to maybe surprise a team or two in the playoffs. So. We'll see.
2: Yeah, I think so. Balance always helps, and um, if you can run and play defense, you're in pretty good shape. Shaping up to be a pretty good-looking wild card weekend uh, right now with uh, Seattle and Minnesota sitting in those last two spots. So we have um, Redskins, Eagles, the Cowboys. Right now, sit at the top of that division, but they looked awful. They got mm-hmm. shut out by the Colts. Um, I didn't see highlights from this game, so I don't really know. But I saw the stat lines, and they just were all. They were just bad. They got dominated mm-hmm. by the Colts. Um, I don't know what you've seen. Is this uh, Cowboys are bad or watch out for the Colts?
0: Uh, Maybe maybe a little bit of both. I think. I mean, actually, I do think look out for the Colts. To be honest, Mm -hmm. Um, they're they they like we talked about it a week or two ago. I mean, the Colts are playing amazing defense from you know compared to what they have been playing. Uh, in the years past, um, Luck has been efficient. Uh, the last couple of games he's been kind of down in terms of numbers, but he's been very efficient. Doesn't turn the ball over very much, and he's just, um, you know, he's 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 super accurate. So, and then this last week especially, they ran the ball really well with Marlon Mack. Um, they just got their center back, uh, Ryan Ryan Kelly, I think his name is, and he uh he he's been he, he they actually was a stat of like the games he's been kind of in and out of the lineup all year and the games that he's that he's been in um marlon mack has been like five yards a carry multiple touchdowns all this crazy st- over 100 yards and all this stuff and when he's out it's completely different so if they can stay healthy and and keep that offensive line gelled and run the ball and again play balanced offense and good defense like like they can they'll be a tough team too uh, especially with um you know the, some of the teams how they're down right now like like the like the patriots have been kind of playing down and Um, you know you got the the Texans have been kind of they're they're doing they're a higher seed but they've been kind of up and down in terms of play with you know squeaking some games out so Mm
2: -hmm.
0: um, yeah the Colts could be an interesting team I like them
2: I like the Colts too Um, you mentioned the Texans a second ago they sit right behind the Chiefs so Chiefs one Texans two Um, the Texans did beat the Jets this week duh Um, Mm -hmm. and then they have the Eagles this coming week that could be an interesting game I think I think it'll be a nice test for each, right? To see just kind of who's for real, which will be which will be good because the Texans have not played a lot of good competition this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have those guys. Uh, the Patriots are right behind at the three seed, and the Steelers are at the four seed. Uh, that game was not very entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> I watched most of that Patriots and Steelers game, and you know it's good football because it was close the entire way. But man, it was just ugly, and I'm not. I'm really just not impressed with either of these teams. I think we're gonna see neither of the Patriots or Steelers. I don't think either of these is our Super Bowl team.
0: No, I agree with that. Um, yeah, the, I mentioned that a few weeks now, uh, Tom Brady doesn't look like himself.
2: He really doesn't.
0: Um, he's looking old and tired and, and slow. He did have one really nice deep ball, uh, not this last game, but the game before. Um, but other than that, I mean, it just you, he's, he's kind of looking like a shell of his former self. And yeah, the Steelers are, you know, they're, they, they, they just always played at the level of their competition and mm-hmm. um they now now they are starting to get like James Conner's getting healthy he should be back soon you know Ben has been kind of shit you know beating up a little bit too so you know maybe we'll see but you know on the road they don't always play the best ball either so mm-hmm. uh we'll we'll see what with with them But I agree I don't see them in the in the Super Bowl I think it'll be you know more I I still I think I still pick the Chiefs but um you know and I don't honestly the Chiefs are probably my pick cuz I don't see the Texans being there Uh, especially Lamar Miller hurt now Um, don't know how don't know how serious that is and I I got I mean I just don't see that I don't see I don't picture the Chargers in the Super Bowl I just can't do it right now
2: (laughs) I can't wait till they do it Um, Patriots have the Bills this week uh, in Foxborough so that should be a win for them Uh, Steelers though they go to the Saints so watch out for that one that could be a a pretty interesting ball game those are the top four seeds Uh, right now the Chargers are the five again they're that first wild card but could potentially get that division uh, if the Chiefs slip up right behind them for that last wild card spot last week it was a four-way tie now we're down to three teams Baltimore Indianapolis and Tennessee all at eight and six Um, the Ravens are in danger of getting that division if -hmm. the Steelers lose the Ravens can jump them and get the division right now Um, but let's assume they don't and it's Ravens Colts Titans are you still on the Colts as the team that uh, that you think comes out of that three-way tie
0: that's the team i'd like to see but i th- i think it would be the ravens
1: Mm-hmm.
0: they, they just been pl- they've been playing these good teams really tough um and then they've been doing what they need to do against the the teams kind of closer to you know some of their the where they their level of competition lamar jackson is making the throws he needs to but more importantly he's just running an efficient offense keeping the defense off the field they're running the ball super well uh, with both kenneth dixon and gus edwards and uh yeah, I mean they have a, they have the number second ranked defense right now, so it's it's, uh, it's hard to number second sound really stupid. The number two run defense, uh, or <laughs> overall defense, but um, yeah, they're 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 a pretty impressive team for being such a complete uh, opposite of what we see for NFL teams right now. Um, they're they're pretty impressive, and I think that they would be the team that would probably um have be, be the most playoff ready and 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 be the most uh be the most dangerous I think and just because they play such opposite football teams they they have the best shot of keeping a close game and, and I think maybe surprising a team or two
2: yeah watch out for the Ravens man I've been paying a little bit closer attention to them and um, they still aren't getting a ton of respect but but watch out for them they, they could definitely I think surprise a couple teams I think what we're seeing in this last month of football has been these high-flying sexy offenses that we saw in September are slowing down a lot and mm-hmm. it's your defensive teams like you know. Um, the Cowboys and the Colts and the Ravens are the teams that are climbing the board. The Chargers have a pretty solid defense. Uh, the Bears; these are these are the teams that are climbing the boards. And your Chiefs, Rams, Patriots, Steelers; those are the teams that are sliding downwards. So, I think once we get to playoff football, it's gonna it's gonna be really interesting to see kind of what prevails, offense or defense. Um, and actually, to that point, uh, Seth, you brought up before the show a really interesting stat about how many uh, how much scoring there was in Week 15.
0: Yeah, it was, I mean, it was one of the, the lowest scoring weeks uh, in a very long time. It was, uh, there was only like 65 touchdowns scored this week. Um, there was, uh, which, and and I think that was the stat that was aligned with uh, the lowest, lowest touchdowns since like week 10 of, <laughs> week 10 of 20, or week 17 of 2010, which is the week that teams don't have any starters playing. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was an insane week, and I, even last week was pretty low scoring. I mean, the freaking Vikings were the highest scoring team this week with forty one points. So, <laughs> yeah. what's that tell you? They scored seven the week before. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's really interesting. Um, that being said, with like the Chiefs, th- I mean, they still scored like what twenty eight points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, they t- twenty eight points is like one of their lowest, if not the lowest, of the season, um, and uh, they were up by two touchdowns at one point in that game. I, I think. I think their offense is kind of one of those it's like they're very they're one they're very consistent and they're also uh, one of those that's kind of like out of all the teams that have slowed down they're they're a team that's kind of um immune from that. They're they're a team that's still putting up points uh no matter what. So mm-hmm. um they they they're still a team to watch out for. Um they're just Overall, I mean, they have these—they have third-string running backs, going, you know, running, cra- you know, running for a crazy amount of yards and touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, and...
2: they do. They're on my fantasy
1: team.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so they're—they're they're a deep team. They're, um, you know, they're—they're they're able to score at will. That's why the Chargers went for two. If the Chargers went, you know, didn't—if they missed that two-point conversion, completely different narrative. You know, mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, it's it, the 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 Chiefs, and especially now with the Chargers getting that win right now, as opposed to in the playoffs uh I think the Chiefs are gonna have a little bit more to play for if they do end up seeing the seeing the Chargers again <laughs> so
2: we shall see I hope it happens and i want to make a bet with you on it um it's gonna be good stuff last two weeks going into uh the NFL regular season no more Thursday football uh we got a couple Saturday games but we're not gonna pick them uh we'll just say that we ended the season and uh mm, I think I won I don't on think the you Thursday did. picks <laughs> who who knows I don't um but, uh, yeah, no more Thursday football, so no game to pick. Um, but I will make a, a, a small programming note. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but I am in the championship final in, uh, in our fantasy league's uh, fantasy uh, playoffs. So pretty excited about that. We'll see. I got a lot of guys hurt. So uh, we'll see if I'm able to pull out the victory. But uh, the listeners will be among the first to know if I, if I am indeed the champion because I'll scream it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad you live in Oregon.
2: Yeah, no shit. I moved out, moved away from everyone I could shit talk, and now watch me win it all. It's gonna be good.
0: <laughs> I, I'm glad I can only talk to you, one, or that I'm glad I'm glad that I only talk to you, uh, that where I can hear your voice once a week because uh, <laughs> they would if I would have been still living with you, I'd have heard it every day for at least two months.
2: You're goddamn right, and uh, we'll figure out a way to make that happen if I do win anyway. So, a uh, lot of great stuff. The NFL is heating up, so uh, make sure you come back each week for the updates. Uh, that was the sports section. Let's move on, and uh, we have a pretty fun video game related Mambo Number Five.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo Number Five.
2: So we talked last week about the new uh, Crash Bandicoot Insane trilogy, and the Crash Team Racing update that is going to be coming out next year. Uh, we've talked about Spyro remastered uh, that uh, that Seth has been playing on the PlayStation Four. Uh, so we thought we would count down a list of of five of the of the games that we would like to see remastered. So these are our 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 hopeful remaster candidates, sort of our wish list, uh, if you will. And I'm pretty excited about my five. I don't know what you've got, but uh, I think is it your turn to go first?
0: Number five. This one might be a punt for you. Um, <laughs> number five is a PlayStation 1 classic. Um, one that I know we bonded over back in the day, so much so that... We kind of created a a weird game on the playground.
2: So I know what you're gonna say, and it I do have it higher. So let's save it.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> and we'll, you can tell you can tell that story then too, but we'll save it for later. Oh my so god. So we'll, we'll we'll come back to SES
2: number five because I do have it higher. Uh, my number five, I had a hard time coming up with some, but um, this one. <clears throat> Uh was a super fun game. Everyone I know played the shit out of it back in the day. And just this genre of game has has seemingly just gone away. Um, I'm talking about Tony Hawk's Underground. Mm. And the skating game kind of went away. I think the problem with the, the skating games they've come out with since then have been they've tried to get really realistic and really uh, sophisticated with the controls and stuff with like the skate game that they came out with um but everyone wants to just do some wacky fucking 900 misty backflips and shit and like <laughs> grind on some power lines that's what i want to do if i'm going to play a skating game and tony hawks underground was the the main one that i got into um it had a really cool story mode where you can yeah. hang out with like bam margera and shit and you could you choose could sides your, yeah you could choose what guy you wanted to hang out with and you could make your your uh, character have a flaming skull for a head and it was just it was just a crazy like graffiti style game that was super fun to play and you could just grind on shit for hours. I loved it. And I think mm-hmm. an update to that, don't update, don't do any crazy updates to like the physics or the controls, just update the graphics and put new music on it and stuff and have a new cool story. And I think that'd be really fun because we, I think it, it would pay to get back to the way skating games used to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the story was awesome. Um, I remember cause you'd choose between Bam and Element was his skating company and then like Tony Hawk and whatever his was um yeah that was fun And because if you picked the bam side too it was like very like Viva La bam stuff you would mm-hmm. like spray paint stuff and like jump over garbage giant garbage cans or whatever you know just like weird stuff um the story was cool because it was like a rags to riches type thing like you were yeah. always the best skater in like your local place and then someone discovered you and like you went through tournaments and then eventually made a bunch of money and then like there was like a lot of like twists and turns in it someone like turned in you at the end like that type of stuff and yeah, then I, it was awesome I, Underground 2, was, I, I remember that one not being as good. but um, I hated the, that
2: one. They went too over the top with Underground
0: 2. Mm-hmm. But Underground 1 was awesome. Number four. Uh, number four for me is, um, I know we played a shitload of this game. And I would love for them to kind of go back to basics for this and update the graphics and all that stuff. But the SmackDown video games. The oh, WWE yeah. SmackDown. Um, SmackDown and the SmackDown Shut Your Mouth. SmackDown Know Your Role. Uh, Smackdown, Here Comes the Pain. All those were like, <laughs> all those were, uh, it was just like very, like the story modes were just like very open and free and like the Royal Rumbles were always so much fun. I would just love for them to go back to basics because like now with the controls and stuff, they're all very, uh, they try to make it really too realistic. And like, I haven't played a wrestling video game in years because it's just like, there's so many different button combinations and so many different like meters and all that stuff. Like back in those games, very arcadey. It was just like square was hit, um you know, circle did a move, triangle did a move, um mm-hmm. and then like you could whip people into the corner. The Royal Rumbles were the best because like you hit a guy next to the ropes and they'd fly over, and then you could yep. switch to another guy. So we, we would just we would play hours of Royal Rumbles because we would just come in and out and just go like some of us would be like girls like ivory and shit like that like they were just so fun we would spend so much time playing those games but i would love to play you know for the royal rumbles make it arcadey like that or also like again the story mode because you could just like go for there wasn't really an end to the story modes you would just like get titles and create factions and um, go backstage and roam the backstage and get into random fights and like they were just so open and free like they're they're fun i love those games
2: yeah, the career mode was kind of like an RPG, right? You'd go around and talk to people and decide what you wanted to say and then yeah. have your matches and stuff, and then every season would end with WrestleMania, but you could you could go forever, Yeah. as far as I remember. Those were super fun. They do have, exactly, it's the same problem as the skating games. They tried to get too real, mm-hmm. and it ends up just being blocky and annoying, and I, mm-hmm. all I want to do is whip some guys into the fucking <laughs> side barricades and then spear them. Like, and it used to be a lot easier to do. Yeah, I hate the controls of the new ones, so I mm-hmm. agree, I think. Getting back to that would be so much fun. I'd play the shit out of Royal Rumble if if we could if we could get our hands on SmackDown 2, uh I would play the hell out of that right now.
0: Yeah. Play online and do some uh Royal Rumbles.
2: Yeah, that'd be fucking sweet. My number four, I'm only I'm almost certain that you never played. It's called Intelligent Cube.
0: You've talked about it before, but I never played it.
2: Yeah, it's so I played it on originally I played it on a uh, demo disc that used to come out and I wow that makes me feel old just to say demo disc um, and basically Intelligent Cube is a giant puzzle game where you're this physical guy running around on this big surface and there are these big cubes that roll toward you and you have to you have to like flag different parts of the arena so that they'll fall through the floor. And anyway, it's a giant puzzle game and you're a guy and if you lose, you get crushed by these giant things and it's awesome. (laughs) And uh, the puzzle of it is really fun. I've played it recently, like in the last couple of years and it's so fun and it's very difficult and challenging. Um, And I think an update to that would be very fun. They had some issues with the controls and the camera that I think they could update. And then just to get a, you know, a freshly uh, rendered guy and then, you know, maybe some blood spatter or some shit when they, he got crushed by a cube. But They can make some small updates to that without really changing the game. That would be super fun. And I would play that. You know me. I love these puzzle games. Um, so Intelligent Cube would be one that I would definitely play again. And it would be super easy to do. I'm surprised kind of that they haven't done it.
0: <laughs> you, I never. Yeah, you're right. I never played that game. Um, I, I guess you just found a demo disc somewhere and played it again. But
2: uh. <laughs> well, I had um, I had a full version of it. Mm. Um, and I played that, and I can't get very far. Like, it's still very... It, it pissed me off as a kid. I would cry because I couldn't do it.
1: <laughs>
2: and uh, when I played it recently, I didn't cry, but it did definitely
1: piss me off.
0: <laughs> you cried.
1: <laughs> Shut up. No, I didn't.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> You're just reminding me of, like, how... So, like, you talking about how frustrating it is. Um, is. I'm almost done with Spyro Ripto's Rage, the second game on the remaster, and um, I instantly, like normally if i'm playing a game um and i can't beat something i it'll take a while for me to get like actually mad but i was in after i died the first time of playing there's the second bot like main boss in spyro uh the second game i instantly was angry because i remember doing that over and over and over and over and over again as a kid, and so I was instantly furious after I died, and then I proceeded to die over and over and over again, and finally I beat it with only wasting like twelve lives. But I like there was it was it was zero to a hundred from my anger with, with that game.
2: <laughs> oh my god, that's great! I can empathize though too. There are some parts of Crash that I'm going through that are particularly taxing. And uh, yeah, you you pretty quickly revolve or devolve back into a nine year old who's just ready to sling shit across the room.
0: <laughs> You're like wishing that Kyle was there to to punch in the arm or something.
2: Oh, that poor kid.
0: <laughs> number three. Uh, number three is uh, the Burnout series. I would love an update. Oh, of fuck yeah! The Burnout graphics. Um, again, like all these games, you don't see many of these arcade games like this anymore you know it's a lot of everyone's just trying to be so real and look realistic Mm -hmm. and and all that stuff and you don't really see a lot of these arcade weird different type of games like burnout you know crashing into people and like that's how you win the game is by you know taking down the most people crashing them and all that stuff uh the old replays that taking people down are awesome Uh, the graphics were already pretty good back then but uh, i would love a more updated one um i know towards like the last of the burnout series they had some online play with it Um, but now you could do it even because the games is so fast paced Mm -hmm. that you know the internet back then was much slower now you could have you know these fast paced games with really fast internet um, way better graphics uh, be able to play online and or just you know do story mode but updating it now for the current current graphics current you know speed of everything would would make way more sense it would be uh, a lot of fun Uh, maybe even do like a vr version of it too would be kind of cool
1: oh
2: that'd be so fun
0: yeah but uh Know, a burnout burnout uh especially burnout revenge or Trevenge as it appeared on the, the <laughs> cover, um would be an awesome remaster.
2: My number three, did you ever play Bloody Roar? <laughs>
0: um I've played I think didn't you have it on like Xbox three sixty real briefly? I had it on
2: I had it on PlayStation either okay, play, thinking, I guess one or two. I don't know. Okay, I'm
0: thinking of something else. Yeah, but I remember those games.
2: Yeah, I had Bloody Roar Two is the one I owned. Never had Bloody Roar One. Don't know anything about that. But I had Bloody Roar Two, and you're basically it's like this Tekken style 3D fighter game. Yeah. And you each each character has an animal that they can turn into, kind of like your animorphs, where you um, you become this anthropomorphized like fucking cougar, and then you just slash the hell out of whoever the other guy is because he he doesn't have his power up yet, so you just beat the hell out of this man with a cougar. And, um, it is incredibly violent and incredibly bloody and very just dark and scary. I have no idea why my folks let us play it, um, (laughs) but it was super fun, but it was really blocky. Um, there was a kind of interesting story. It was kind of like, um, kind of like street fighter where each character had their different story and they would all kind of interweave. And, um, so you could play with different characters and get a different story. Um, really fun. Mechanically, it was pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, just really updating the graphics to this, because, and which they can do because Tekken still comes out. Uh, I think this would be really cool, uh, kind of in that Mortal Kombat where it's gotten to incredibly gory murders. Uh, I think Bloody Roar could could kind of find a spot there. But uh, fighting games are kind of saturated right now, so I, I'm not surprised this hasn't come out. But it would be so fun because I used to play the hell out of this and beat the shit out of my brother.
0: <laughs> number two. Uh, number two. There's a, So there's a couple caveats with this one. So the first one, so it's the Super Mario franchise and what I'm thinking here. So the first one would be like Super Mario 64, just updating the graphics and all that because, um, Super Mario 64 is one of the few games that I have played multiple times through. I played it on multiple platforms actually on 64 and the DS I played it through on. And, uh, I would love to see an updated graphics. You, I got The reason I thought of this, you get a little taste of it in Super Mario. Um, the, the one that just came out for the Odyssey odyssey i don't know why i couldn't think of that i kept thinking hats super mario hats <laughs> 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 but you get a brief taste of it in there you get to go back to the the castle and you like when you go inside it has the same music and all that shit which is awesome and it made me like oh my god Um uh, made me think of that but i would love to see a, a remake of that or not a remake but a remaster of that um i'd also thought about too and i don't know how this would work but um remastering the original games but and they've kind of done that, but what I'd rather see is maybe like kind of remaster it into the same camera as Super Mario, like the Super Mario 64s and Odysseys and all that stuff. Um, it'd be oh, interesting cool. to see if that would work. Um, but really, I mean, if you're just doing a straight up remaster, I would love to see uh, Super Mario 64. I would play the hell out of that.
2: It'd be cool to do an over the shoulder camera where you're walking down basically always you'd be walking down a super narrow pathway, just straight forward. Mm-hmm. But like having a jump shit, that could be fun. That'd be that'd be interesting. I bet I bet that's been like considered. So and you we'll actually do
0: that for just the first level in Mario. There there is there is one of the Mario. It might even be Odyssey where you go down into a tunnel and do that. Um, just the first you know the first world one 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 in Mario. But oh, I would yeah. love to see like an entire game and maybe expand the camera out a little bit because it is just like you're in like a you just run straight in a rectangle essentially and jump over you know kind of the stuff. But
1: yeah,
2: yeah, that one could be fun um my number two goes back to one of my ogs as well and you mentioned this last week when we were talking ctr crash bash Mm -hmm. would be so fun crash bash is effectively uh mario party except for it's crash bandicoot and i think it's it's i in some ways like it better than mario party because the games are shorter and they're more intense they're more Mm action-based and um and just those couple things. But Crash Bash is super fun. There's some really creative and fun games. The characters are always doing their thing. Um, and again, not you wouldn't need to change much. Uh, update the graphics, the controls a little bit. Uh, maybe add a couple characters or a couple new games. And it's really just a fun party competition game. You could add an online element as well. Um, and I, I think we may end up getting this because it seems yeah. like everything else Crash is getting made. Um, but I hope Crash Bash is one that we get because I used to play the hell out of that too um everything on my list here is something i used to beat the piss out of my brother in and this one's <laughs> no exception
0: <laughs> and as you can tell i didn't have any siblings i was alone so these are not <laughs> games i did that um me um, buddy <laughs> uh crash bash is one that i uh, i agree with It's not not on my list it's definitely an honorable mention but um yeah it uh it would be a lot of fun to go back and visit that especially if you, again you can do an online element to it as well um, And I've seen a lot of articles online talk about that one being as a potential re- remake or remaster. So, number one. Number one for me, again, kind of uh, a... I, so, I'd want exactly the same story and, and all that stuff. But I want the God of War games remastered as the mm-hmm. same way they're, re- they're done and get this newest God of War. Because, gotta say, that was way more fun. Like, I mean, I love the original God of War games and the camera and all that stuff. But it was way more immersive and way just a way better storytelling m- method and the combat was a million times more um i would say way more interactive way more just felt it just felt more like you were doing more <laughs> in in uh and in, in this god of war i would love for them to go back and do that for all the games i don't see that ever happening because i would take a lot mm-hmm. um but that would be amazing if they did and uh yeah, being able to actually throw around the the swords instead of just hitting square and it goes in circles and uh, walking the camera behind Kratos instead of above and all that stuff. Uh, remastering everything to look like that got this newest God of War uh, would be would be an intense challenge. And though know, they did remaster the original ones for like PS three and I mean, really all they do is put some little extra gloss on the on the you know on, on the, the graphics. They have the yeah. same thing for God of War Three for God of, for the PlayStation Four. Just put a little more gloss on it. Um they they would need to rebuild everything to kinda look like the of Award, you know, the newest God of War. But if they did that, I would be a million percent in. I would buy that no matter what it costs and I would play them all the way through. It would be amazing to play those games like that. So especially with the way the story is. Redo the the cutscenes too, that would look like a movie. Uh, it would be it's very bloody and gory, but it would be awesome.
2: That would, be, that would be pretty sick. My number one, and you had to have known this was going to be my number one. <laughs> uh, um, my number one is a PlayStation 1 game. It is the reason I had to buy a controller with joysticks, because you needed joysticks to play Ape Escape. And
1: Ape <laughs> That's Escape, my number
0: five.
2: Anyone who has played Ape Escape fucking loves Ape Escape. Like, It is an amazing game. First of all, it's huge. There's so much game in this. It's, it takes a million hours to play. Um basically the, the premise is a bunch of uh a bunch of super brained monkeys have escaped out into space and time, and you have to travel through space and time to capture them all. And then there's like a couple bad guys that you go up against too. And you have a net, like a big net that you would control with the right stick, and it was so, so fun. And there's all sorts of little wacky side games and stuff that you would do. It's kind of the first open world game I ever remember playing, and um, it had some, some kind of platforming elements, but a lot of it was wide open and it's just a, such a fun, and you had like a bunch of gadgets and stuff that you would use. It was funny. Um, but the graphics were terrible and the camera was impossible. I played this one on PlayStation and then I got it again on the PSP and it was very hard to play on PSP. Um, <laughs> but, uh, this would be an amazing remaster. They could do, they could give it the God of War treatment and totally beef him up and shit. And it would be so fun because it's like, you got to look and find, where the monkeys are, but then you actually have to go through the action of, like, beating them down with a club so they're knocked out and you can net them. (laughs) And, like, there's all sorts of... The mini-games in this... Ape Escape is is one of my favorite games of all time, and at a remaster would be amazing. I would be there day one for it.
0: Yeah, that was my number five. Uh, Definitely remember... (laughs) I remember how much you loved the game. And then... uh, Because I think... Because you beat it at your place, and then I had it as well, and I think you then came to beat it at my place as well
2: (laughs) (laughs) that used to be a thing we did i would come play the last levels of shit at your house
0: Mm -hmm. yeah the story was actually pretty awesome too like the like there wasn't that like stuff with his like he had a the main character had like a brother that was kind of like
2: the brother was brainwashed to hang out with the bad there was a one bad monkey who was mega smart like as smart as a person and he yeah. brainwashed your brother so you eventually have to knock his ass out too
0: mm-hmm. yeah there was some like interesting story in it too but yeah it was a lot of fun um yeah we we uh if <laughs> we had the the going back to what i was talking about with when i was going to explain the game um we had uh we loved the game so much we created our own version called the monkey, Men. <laughs> monkey man
2: monkey <laughs> Men.
0: which you know looking back probably was uh um maybe not the most uh politically <laughs> can, you imagine how
2: can, can you imagine how confused our teachers must have been when i was running around <laughs> letting everyone call me monkey boy like i i lost my black car before i knew i had it because we were playing that fucking game and that was yeah that was fun and we had like yeah. we all bought the same watch from from like pomida and they <laughs> And they they were used to fire up our monkey powers, and then we climbed on the monkey
1: bars, and, and we went up against our arch nemesis. <laughs> it was this girl we didn't like who didn't know she was even playing.
0: Do <laughs> you remember what her name was?
1: Booger Woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God. Uh, I haven't thought about that in so long. I'm so glad you reminded me of that.
0: I still remember Booger Woman. That, I feel bad about that still. Oh, yeah, that so was probably funny, pretty though.
1: uncool of us, but yeah, cause we just point, <laughs> just point at her, and so and we run away. Like, no, from... God, there she has run, <laughs> run away
2: from
0: Booger, and then eventually she played along once, and then it got gross because she was picking her nose at
1: us.
2: Yeah, yeah, we shouldn't have given her that power, um, and we like oh. recruited our butt. It just so everyone knows, it wasn't just the two of us. I mean, we we yeah <laughs> We definitely started it, but like eventually there was like four or five of us guys that would do it, and we each had our own I don't remember what they were, but we each had like
0: monkey
1: powers. I think you were
2: you were a monkey man, yep. and I think we were like there was like a smart monkey and like a like a kid monkey and shit like that. I don't even remember what mine was. Um,
1: oh, man.
2: I was probably monkey boy, which again was just very confusing <laughs> for our teachers to not have to deal with um, man
0: how do that we was not fun. get in trouble? How do we not get in trouble for calling calling someone bugger woman? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah monkey boy
2: was fine but booger woman should have been awful i don't know i i think she just kind of didn't care for whatever reason yeah but if you're out there um i won't say her name but i do remember it but if, yeah, if you're too. out there if you're out there booger woman we apologize we're yeah. a little bit more mature now
0: nope
2: <laughs> i forgot that that was inspired by ape Escape, though um yeah. but it makes sense
0: Mhm.
2: man ape Escape was the shit i love that game
0: yeah it us to be terrible people but it was a fun game <laughs>
2: Yeah, we were a little shitheads, no doubt about it. Uh, this was a super fun, super fun Mambo number five. I glad we did. Glad we did this one. So those were our those were our top uh, video game remaster candidates.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five.
2: All right, we have a couple of things in the TV corner, but before we get there, we got a little bit of TV news.
1: That's what she said. TV.
2: So we have, uh, we've been talking for a while about this Marvel Netflix world and everything appears to be getting canceled. Um, but before we do have everything canceled, Seth, it looks like the Punisher will be getting its season two in January. January. And uh, yeah, that, that's going to be coming out soon. Uh, I have the assumption probably is that it will get canceled afterwards. Like everything mm-hmm. else seems to have. Uh, I don't remember. How did you like Punisher one? Are you looking forward to season two?
0: yeah i liked it a lot um punisher was my favorite part of the second season of daredevil and uh i love i, I just love john bernthal he he needs to do more stuff he's Girl. He's yeah yeah he's he's really good at playing just kind of like a, a gravelly badass dude and uh that's that's the punisher um so yeah i'm excited for that that'll be i gotta watch daredevil first um and then i'll watch punisher and then uh so yeah that'll that'll get canceled um probably the next week after it airs. And then uh the last one they have filmed, I think they finished filming uh January January. <laughs> January Jones. <laughs> I'd
2: rather uh, watch that.
0: Je- no, Jessica Jones is good. Uh they fi- finished filming Jessica Jones, uh season three. So I think that'll be the last one. And then uh something came out, I don't know if I talked about it last week or not, but or Netflix owns the rights for T V and movies for these for these characters. Um through the end of 2019 so they they will definitely not be in none of these characters luke cage iron fist thank god um (laughs) (laughs) daredevil or uh the punisher or um jessica jones will be on any sort of streaming service or any movies until at least after 2019 until 2020
2: so Mm. one other just piece of quickie news that i saw today uh, and probably more to come about this but um, I just saw a headline today. It says NBC may launch a Netflix like streaming service next year. And yeah, th- this is a total p- for me too. Um, I haven't gone super deep into this, but I hate the idea and I'm sick of people doing it. So mm-hmm. that's going to be the extent to which we cover that story.
0: <laughs> yeah, just it, because now it's just costing as much to own that as it. You know, cable, you know, like to mm-hmm. own streaming services as cable. So uh, that's why I like YouTube TV, you know, because you pay, you still pay, you pay cable prices or a little bit le- less than cable prices um, without paying the equipment costs. So you save money there. Um, you pay basically what actual, what they tell you cable cost costs, <laughs> and then mm-hmm. they don't, you don't, you don't get charged for that. Plus uh, you get all this on demand stuff. You, you get DVR um, and you, you know, it's essentially TV as you want to watch it because, you know, you don't have to, you don't have the cable and all that stuff. So uh, I hope more people do kind of the YouTube TV over mm-hmm. there, you know, or over the internet type of TV. Um, and these people kind of smarten up with the streaming services, because I think at the end of the day, Netflix will still be the, the reigning king with the, mm-hmm. they, they were there first and they, they're smart because they're established, they've established all of these franchises that people love um, that they own now. And plus movies, plus they're getting into the Oscar stuff. We, there's a review for an Oscar movie by Netflix later. Um, that they, they, they just have, they, they are the name. They are the ones who are there. They're the ones who are known. So when all these other streaming services fail, they'll still be around.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. Netflix definitely has carved out the the top of that mountain. We'll see if Disney has something to say about that, but yeah, I agree with you. And I will say we're not sponsored by YouTube TV, but uh, we definitely love it and recommend it. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a super awesome thing to have. Uh, yeah, a guy. Uh, I was setting up my internet when I moved out here to Oregon, and uh, the guy was like, "Would you like to bundle with a cable package? And for a little bit extra, we can get you a DVR." And I laughed in his fucking face.
1: I was like, <laughs> why the hell
2: would I need a DVR for? Everything is on demand now. So, yeah, that guy can suck it. He didn't get me to bundle. He also wanted oh, wow. me to get a fucking landline. So I don't know. This guy, he was calling from 2004, I think. I don't. That was <telling>.
0: But if YouTube TV does want to sponsor us, they can also greenlight uh, the newest show, Monkey Men, starring.
2: <laughs> Dude, I would write and star and direct in that shit. We could every other episode we could we could switch off who was directing, and uh, I'm pretty sure that Booger Woman isn't doing anything too crazy. We could probably <laughs> we could probably
1: get her to, <laughs> we could probably get her to come on. <laughs> Can you fucking imagine getting a call? Like, hey, I, I don't know if you remember this, but in the fourth grade, we used to scream Booger Woman at you and then run. we do you point want point at make... you
0: and yell Booger Woman.
1: <laughs> do you want to come be in a TV show about it? Uh, that would be hysterical.
0: Uh, nowhere else do you get this kind of uh, crazy history and amazing hijinks than the SoCo show. <laughs>
2: That's right. Tell your friends. Tell your friends, folks. Listen to Seth and I go down memory lane and laugh about
1: dumb shit we used to do.
0: Hank I love it.
2: Roman. <laughs> uh,
1: somehow that was TV news. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and that's all we had for this
2: week. Um, but Seth has been watching some TV over the past week, so we got to get into some reviews. This is Seth's TV corner.
0: That's in my TV corner.
1: Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! Yeah,
0: oh, man. That that sounder is, just gets worse and worse every time I hear it. Um, it's not aging well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's, there's a couple shows um, that, that uh, reviewing one on Netflix that I mentioned uh, being the king earlier. Basically, though, I was telling Cody before we got on, um, I've been watching these other shows to kind of delay me finishing Marvelous Mrs. Mrs. Maisel because I love it so much that I don't want to finish it. So uh, that's why these shows are being reviewed beforehand, because I forced myself to watch them before. Mrs. Maisel, um, marvelous Mrs. Show...
2: Maisel is on par with sex and a pint of ice cream. So good you don't <laughs> want to st- You don't want to finish.
0: <laughs> it's true. Uh, I always finish my ice cream. Sorry, <laughs> um, but uh, so the first show, Netflix. Uh, th- this I'll be brief on this one because it's uh, not a lot of substance This one, but The Ranch, uh, Part Six, which is, I think is technically season three of The Ranch. Um, basically, you know, it's the the conservative, uh, which I'm not at all, but uh, conservative, um, Ashton Kutcher, Sam Elliott led show on a ranch. Um, I've talked about it before. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's basically that '70s show, but in Colorado, <laughs> um, and in current times. It's, it's it looks like that '70s show. It has a lot of the same actors, like uh, Kitty is back uh, from that '70s show for a couple episodes, and the same director, same writer, all that stuff. So basically the season kind of picks up where the last one left off uh, Danny Masterson is off the show he gets run out there's a little bit of fallout up from that in the first couple episodes uh, it's very uh, weird uh, because they still talk about him a lot and it felt kind of like beside the like it very much felt like they were like um, he got kicked off the show but it was an artist choice type of mm-hmm. thing um, which I thought was very dumb they should have just let it go um, there's even an episode too like where they uh, explain what happens to him and they kind of or not even explain they they kind of add more to what happens to him and it's an episode that they try to be somber and sad and uh there's no laugh track behind it <laughs> so they make jokes but there's no laugh track or they didn't have an audience there or something and it was very weird because they're still making the same like weird jokes but it's just silent. And I'm like, this feels weird. And then after the s- sad, somber moments happen, the laugh track is back. <laughs> so um, it's a weird episode. But after they get past that, it's back to kind of the normal show. Uh, I definitely laugh a lot with the show because a lot of the humor is, you know, very uh, that '70s show esque quick wit, you know, quick witty, very character based. You know, like Sam Elliott's just very dry and angry. Uh, Ashton Kutcher's character is very uh, dumb and kind of. Uh, aloof um they add dax shepherd to this to the season and i like him a lot I, I like dax i think i've liked him from his podcast armchair expert but i think he's also just i mean i like him in without a paddle he's very solid in a lot of the stuff that he does um he's he's definitely not they they do make a point to make him different than the rooster character and i kind of like his dynamic they actually kind of address some some interesting like ptsd stuff with him too which is cool but the show as a whole i mean it's just you know half hour comedy whatever it's it's either you like it or you don't. And it's if you like that 70 show and can handle some of the conservative humor, which it seems like they do some of that kind of tongue in cheek as well. So they you know, they know what they're saying. Um, they, they're they just making the show for people in in on that part of the country who are going to laugh at it still, but also kind of do like one of the winking and, a, you know, a wink and a nod, like, Hey, we, you know, mm-hmm. we're making these jokes on purpose. Um, if you can get past some of that, um, I, I, I do enjoy the show. It's very easy to watch. Funny, makes me laugh. That, that being said, um, I, I would, I'll give it a, a three out of five, um, Trump, uh, Trump <laughs> pro Trump <laughs> comments. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because it's the, the reason I'll give it a three. It's it, actually no, I'll give it a two point five, right in the middle. I'll give it a two point five because either you're gonna like the show or you're not. Um, either you know you watch a show in the past, you know, fine. You know you, you're gonna enjoy it. If you haven't watched a show, I'm not gonna recommend it to you because it's just probably not gonna be your type of type of show. So mm-hmm. I like it just because of that '70s show stuff and just the very similar jokes and all that, and and the cast, the the family and cast really melds well together. But if it's just not your type of humor, you didn't like that '70s show, you don't, you can't get past some of the conservative jokes. They've definitely eliminated all like the racist-ish jokes they had before, so that's good because um, <laughs> the first season had a few of those. Um, just those felt kind of weird, but now it's just kind of gotten to its groove. It knows what it is. It does the same thing, but with different variations. A lot like that '70s show, so I enjoy it. Um, you know, if you've enjoyed it in the past, you will. If not, don't get, don't try.
2: Bada boom. Um, I did see a couple people tweeting about this and saying like, "Bring back Rooster," and I was like, "Oh my like,
0: god, it's so stupid." I was like, I don't, "I don't,
2: think I know. I don't think you know why he's gone, or you don't yep. care." Um, yep. But do you think the quality of this season, like with and without Rooster, do you think there's a dip in quality?
0: The first, the first few episodes, because he left, it was, it was, it was unwatchable at times. Um, it just got so, so melodramatic uh, with mm. him leaving, and it's like that's not the show. You know, it it was like two straight episodes of just like, why is he gone? And then like, you know, some of the fallout from that and I'm so sad, blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as they get over it, like it's a like I said, it goes from in the same episode, it goes from no laugh track for 20 minutes to laugh track for seven. So it's like really just weird. But once they get past that, they only mention him once or twice again and they get past that. They do a little bit of a time jump, like a month or so. Focus on other issues, bring in Dak Shepard, and it gets kind of back to what it was and, you know, gets back to the jokes and all that stuff. So um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it b- the same as normal um, after the first two episodes. But the first two episodes, I was like, let's get fucking through this. This is really annoying and bad.
1: So,
2: <laughs> Yeah, fuck Rooster. Keep him off. Um, there you go. The Ranch 2.5, middle of the road. Uh, keep watching it if you are. Uh, not something that uh, Seth's recommending you pick up, but... Uh, I think that uh, we're going to have a little bit higher score on our second show.
0: Yeah, second show uh, just just finished on HBO. Um, they did a little bit different this season than last, um, which is Room 104. They uh, aired two episodes a week instead of one, so it was a much it was the same amount of episodes, but it was uh, felt like a much shorter season. Uh, so season two has already been renewed for season three for 2019, as I pull this up. But I'll kind of do what I did last time. And go through some of the episodes, and you know, say which ones that that I kind of enjoyed the most, um, and, and recommend either watch them or not, and then I'll give an overall, seat, you know, uh, overall summary. But so some uh, I,
2: some some background for the folks who who haven't been listening long enough to hear your review of the first season. But Room One Hundred Four is basically an anthology show that all takes place in the same hotel room, but it's different stories, different actors every week. So kind of that Twilight Zone esque thing. So every episode is indeed different. And uh, some are better than others.
0: So, yeah, there, there are some really, really weird ones and some really, really good ones. Um, some really, really good casting uh, in this season. Um, Rain Wilson was in one of the first episodes. He does a good job. Uh, I mentioned Judy Greer and uh, Michael Shannon were an episode. That was Michael Shannon was awesome. The Mark Mark Prox Prox He's like that. He's in the office. He's the the. Bald, he, He's bald on top of his head. He's got, like, kind of the horseshoe with the... the uh, He worked in the warehouse. He had, like, the orange hair. Do you uh, remember him?
1: Oh, yeah. That guy's fucking funny. I just pulled
2: him yeah. up. He's, um... Oh, what's his character? I don't remember the name of his character, but he is funny as hell.
0: In The Office, yeah. He has a really weird episode. Um Yeah. That's all I'll say.
2: Let's Nate was see. his name on The Office.
0: Yeah. I mentioned... uh Brian Tyree Henry's in that Arnold episode that that uh, mentioned that that was a real I loved that one. I don't know if you remember on Parks and Rec, the girlfriend to Aziz's character Lucy. Yeah,
2: yeah, she's she horrible. was
0: she was in an episode. Well, Herschel Lee was in the one of the two finale episodes. That was pretty awesome. um Just just a just a really interesting. Like the, they had a lot more stars this season than the last. So. Uh, it, was, it was it was a it was cool to see that Mar- and Mark Duplass wrote a bunch of these and directed a bunch so it was cool to see kind of the the stars he got in his wife also for the that she was in the office or she was in the league um, the Pete's wife or not Pete yeah Pete
2: oh Kevin's wife Jenny
0: Kevin's wife Jen, yeah Jenny I forget she, they're she, married she, that's an awesome yeah comment. yeah they have a couple kids and they they she was in an episode he wrote an episode specifically for her but uh, so yeah the, I'll just kind of go through and then I'll give an overall rating oh the first episode is called FOMO. Uh, it's about a girl at a 30th birthday party kind of, and her sister comes comes around um really awkward but an uh, interesting episode it kind of goes some weird places like a lot of these do i'd recommend watching that one uh Mr. Molaville, uh that's the Rain Wilson episode that was a really good episode uh Mr. Molaville is a uh, a music teacher uh for Rain Wilson uh he was Rain Wilson's music teacher when Rain was in high school and he invites Mr. Molaville to his hotel room to kind of talk over some things that happened when they were a kid. That that one's kind of a weird tense episode that goes some interesting places. Swipe Right is the Michael Shannon episode of Judy Greer. Uh Judy Greer is uh on a date. She she with like Bumble or Tinder or whatever. Michael Shannon is the date. He's a Russian political um technologist is what it says. Um, who he, he has like security guards outside the door and there's like a band in the, like the first shot of the episode. There's like a, uh, like a marching band that pops out of the room. Like it's a really weird episode. (laughs) Um, and it's, it's, you have to watch this one. That one, I would definitely recommend that one. Um, hungry is the one with the guy from the office. That is, that one's fucking weird. That's the weirdest one. Um, it's, it's so weird. Uh, yeah. Uh, Uh, (laughs) The woman in the wall is a really I knew where this one was going, but it was really cool. Um, Basically, this woman, she's kind of going through through some shit in her life. And every time she comes back into room 104 consistently over the years, and she keeps hearing this woman in the wall that she's become friends with, Um, like the only person she really can relate to. Um, That one's like a very unsettling, cool, interesting episode. Next one's Arnold I mentioned that one before love that one that's my favorite of the season uh the man and the baby and the man that one I don't really know anyone who's in it um but they're it's it's all shot from like a cell phone camera essentially and it's about this couple who are they're kind of role-playing and they but they also are trying to have a kid and kind of some relationship struggles through that one that one's kind of a deeper episode and I, I did enjoy that one a lot um, a nightmare you actually might like this one uh, a woman that this one's with the Lucy chick Mm -hmm. um she is trapped in uh, a nightmare over and over and over and over and over again and all of it means something and uh it's very interesting there's kind of like a michael myers type character um yeah it's cool it's pretty cool um the return this one is about a uh a wife or mother and a daughter the the husband or the father died and uh the daughter is actually she plays Cassie in Ant Man and the Wasp. The daughter in Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh yeah, uh, she's pretty cool. Um, that that's an interesting episode. The daughter can hear the can hear the the dead father, um, so it kind of goes through some of that. So that's pretty interesting. Artificial is the one with um, Mark Duplass's wife, uh, Katie Aslton. I think is her name. Um, she's she's a a reporter. Um, she's not the reporter. Sorry, a reporter goes to talk to her because she claims she's a Uh, artificial intelligence she's a robot and uh he like the she's she claims to be like the first first robot that can you know actually think on its own and stuff so um he goes to interview her interview her that's pretty interesting um probably my second favorite episode is the one with Mahershala Ali this takes place in like probably the 70s uh it's a it's a pool shark and his manager Mahershala Ali is the manager the pool shark is starting to question some of Mahershala Ali's uh tactics and what he's how he's actually treating him so that's kind of cool and then the last one actually might be might be might actually be my second favorite it's kind of tied um josie and me uh, it's a a woman who is uh, she's like a, a, a playwright and she or just a writer in general and she is talking to herself from college and reliving some nights in college and it's really, and, and they actually play through the night. She's, like, following her her younger self around through different, like, scenes, through different scenes, all in room 104. But you can, like, one's in, like, a dorm room, one's in, like, a, a frat house type thing. But it all looks like room 104, but it's, like, different people in it. And, like, it's set up to look like these different rooms, which is interesting. That sounds um, fucking sweet. It's really cool and like reminded me a lot of like thinking back on, you know, college moments and like parties and, and like just the because she like looks back on like a lot of the fun she had and like doing like karaoke and like just like having weird, fun, dumb memories that she looks back on and like laughs about. But there's also some really serious moments that happened in college to her and like she's looking back on that and like her she's having conversations with her younger self and and she, her younger self is trying to convince like, did this stuff actually happen? Did it not deals with some pretty serious subject matter too but it's also just like really cool and reflective and that one actually kind of hit me emotionally in some places too it was kind of cool so um really not many duds in this season uh the the last season kind of had some some episodes where i was just like eh. this season had pretty consistently interesting episodes not nothing was as weird as the episode last season with the penises but (laughs) the hungry episode gets pretty close and for very Uh, similar uh, appendages. (laughs) We'll just say that. Oh, Jesus. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, overall the season, I really, really, really enjoyed it. I did enjoy, too, being able to watch two at once instead of one a week because the one a week just kind of got slow, especially if some episodes sucked um, or weren't as good. It kind of just like it was tough to get through. Uh, With the two episodes, I was able to get through them pretty quick and all of them were very good quality, I thought. So um, Room 104 season two, I'll give four point three penis related episodes out of five
2: <laughs> awesome uh everyone who listens to the show knows how much i love a good anthology and the couple episodes i have watched of the show are awesome they're just really creative and different and uh very different like styles and stuff so mm-hmm. um hopefully folks uh, were paying attention when you were listing the episodes because this is one where you you can pick and choose a couple episodes if you mm-hmm. don't want to watch them all that last one that you that um the college girl, was it Chloe that you said was it called? Josie. Um, Josie. Uh, that's one that I'll probably go try to check out. Uh, and I did watch the Arnold one too. So yeah, this is a fun, cool, interesting kind of way to make a show. And those Duplass guys are so weirdly creative. I, I love it. It's good. Uh, this Yeah, this is one I will piggyback on your recommendation and say people should check out.
0: Yeah, I, w- I would say if you're going to watch, say, three episodes from the season, I would definitely say Arnold. That was my favorite. It's hard because like Josie and me, I, I would rec- recommend for sure for certain reasons, Shark is just, like, a really excellently acted one, which is good. Um, but I would have to say, just for the sheer absurdity of it, a Swipe Right would have to be one that I recommend because of Michael Shannon's performance and where that goes and how strange it is. Um, but Mr. Moleville with Rain Wilson is, is also pretty pretty awesome, too, and uh, some really good performance there, too. So um depends on what you're looking for, but, like, if you're just looking for some strange, different stuff, I would say Josie and Me, which is really interesting, um swipe right and arnold were the three that i would watch for sure
2: well there you go and you know i'm always looking for some strange
0: oh that's nasty jesus christ i played
2: i played it too early i meant some strange tv shows is what i was saying i uh-huh. i hit the button at the wrong time uh, anyway check out room 104 it gets 4.3 penis related episodes out of five uh you can check that out on hbo seasons one and two From there, let's jump forward into the sick-sick mind of Seth Ott this week in High Cotheticals. What you
1: want, what you want, what you gonna do? And what you gonna do? Tell me, what you gonna do?
0: Hypothetically
1: speaking. That woman's voice is so weird.
0: See, I'm way more into the Hulk Hogan because I can picture him doing the,
1: What you gonna do? Yeah, it's great. I pulled up. I, I, I listened to like five different Hulk Hogan videos before I picked mm-hmm. that one. Is good.
0: All right, hypothetical. Um, so we talked a little bit last week about a little about about Spider Man villains, or we talked about villains in general. But we talked about talked about Spider Man villain. Doc Ock was your number one, correct?
1: Mhm.
0: Okay. And uh, I know we'll we'll be talking probably a lot about uh into the Spider Verse a, a little bit later.
1: Goddamn with right, we well.
0: will. kind of combining those two. Um, Doc Ock being your favorite villain and Miles Morales being in the Spider-Verse and I know how much you love Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. The hi- the hypothetical your options here. So you can get a you can get a Miles Morales led live action movie um which I know is something you you are dying for. Yep. Um but going f- so going forward Doc Doc Ock cannot exist in any sort of Um, as a villain in any any sort of movie uh, like MCU movie or anything like that Sony MCU movie or you get a Doc Ock like Oscar worthy like Heath Ledger Joker movie it's like super deep dive um, and it it can still have like Spider-Man in it obviously but like that type of performance that type of deep dive into the character Uh, but Miles Morales can never lead a Spider-Man he can be it may be in a Spider-Man film but he can never lead one
2: damn you know how to get you know how to get me (laughs) Um, I think I know my answer here, but it is a tricky one. Cause I do, I love Doc Ock and I love a great, like the, obviously if it's on the level of the Joker, that's incredible. Um, and I think he would be very interesting. I will say, um, here's going to be my answer. Um, I'm going to lean on the Miles Morales, uh, give, give me the Miles Morales and I'll give up Doc Ock and here's why. Um, I really enjoyed Alfred Molina. I, I think he was great. I don't know that there's a ton else you could do to make that great. I think he's close to what you're describing, um, and I just I've I've had Doc Ock. I think that Miles Morales being Spider-Man would be such a bigger deal than like getting to see a performance, right? As much as I want to see another great Doc Ock, I think what Miles Morales would mean to just the comic book world and the, the movie world and just every you know just like what you saw with Black Panther. I mean, it would be such a such a landmark thing to get a live action Miles Morales movie, and I think we might get it because of how good Into the Spider Verse was. Um, I was I was kind of grown out of of Spider Man. I've grown back into him, but I was kind of grown out of Spider Man. But when they introduced Miles Morales, but like I dressed as Miles Morales before he existed because I was Spider Man <laughs> like ten times as a kid. But I look more like Miles. And his whole, his whole thing. And they, they explore his story a little in the Spider-Verse movie is just awesome. It's just so great. And it's kind of more updated than Peter Parker is. Um, I would, I would lean miles on this because of everything around, you know, what that would mean for outside the movie. And I think it would be a great movie. Um, No doubt the Doc Ock one would be too, but give me miles. There's not a lot I would choose over, over getting a good Miles Morales movie. So yeah, that's what I say. I say Miles Morales and uh, like I said a second ago, I think we we're inching closer to that based on the reception for into the Spider-Verse. But we'll get we'll come back to that in a second. Man, every time you go, you go to you go to Spider-Man, you go to the Rams, you go to Mission Impossible, you know how to get me on these <laughs> um, making me making me pick between things. So this was a good one. Uh Miles Morales is Spider-Man this week on the High-Cothetical.
1: What you want? What you want? What you gonna do? And what you gonna do? Yeah. What uh, you wanna do?
0: Hypothetically
2: speaking. Moving on from the hypothetical, uh, we have a little bit of movie news before we get into some trailers and reviews, so let's get into it. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set?
1: Movies.
2: Two pieces of news here one I'm jacked for, and one I am absolutely anti jacked for. Um, the first one I wanna yep. start with. Uh, <laughs> We got uh, a teaser poster for a movie I had no idea was coming out. Uh, It's called Us, and it is a new horror film written and directed by Jordan fucking Peel. And I don't know anything about it other than that. Um, It is going to have, let's see, uh, Elizabeth Moss, Lupita Nyong'o, and Winston Duke are all going to be in this. Winston Duke is... um, Umbaku in Black Panther. He's kind of become mm. kind of famous since that. Oh yeah. And uh this is a all we know is that it's a horror movie. Uh it's going to be uh produced by Blumhouse and it comes out in March and um Jordan Peele wrote and directed it. So I mean, it should be fucking awesome. This trailer or the the poster, I mean, is super menacing. It's just a cup a pair of hands with a pair of scissors in them. <laughs> and it is eerie looking and uh, in case you forgot jordan peele made get out a couple years ago so this will be his kind of follow-up to that i think a true follow-up uh more than anything he's done since then so uh, i am here for this i don't need to know anything more i will be going to this on march 15th seth are you fucking in
0: (laughs) wow that's aggressive i don't know if i'm as aggressively in i just don't get that excited about things i guess but uh (laughs) <laughs> um no I'm, i'll i see it i'll definitely i mean i won't after seeing get out i probably won't miss any of his stuff in terms of like movies um coming up so he's also going to be a voice in toy story 4 next year so that's uh interesting turn of turn of, <laughs> turn of roles i guess but um yeah i guess maybe what if, what if though i mean with the scissors on the 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 uh the poster because i did see that too um what if this is actually a sequel to edward scissorhands how would that make you feel <laughs>
2: I mean, if anyone else besides Jordan Peele made a sequel to Edward Edward Scissorhands, I would condemn it loudly, but he has—he could do it. I don't care what he does. He could do a Caillou movie, and I would see it. (laughs) Um, I did find a little bit of a synopsis to this. A mother and father take their kids to their beach house, expecting to enjoy time with their friends, but serenity turns to tension and chaos when some visitors arrive uninvited.
0: (laughs) I mean, what does the scissors have to do with it?
2: I don't know, someone's probably gonna get some scissors in their fucking eye, Seth.
0: What if they just what if they just get haircuts? And that's the movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. The is a bunch of black people getting bad haircuts and what happens yeah. <laughs> No
0: <laughs> My hair is
2: so bad. That is that is a horror movie, uh, no doubt. But I would still right.
0: say it. Yeah. I love I'm it. I'm in for it.
2: So this is due in March and and we will both be there. Um something that is due later in twenty nineteen is the Aladdin Live action remake um, that stars uh, Will Smith is notably taking over as the genie. We got a first look for this. Have you seen this today, right? Yeah. It is so bad. Like, I'll I'll link to this in the description box. So go, listeners, go check it out yourselves and make your own judgment. But it's bad. Um, mm-hmm. It looks to me. It looks honestly to me, dude. It looks like a porn parody of Aladdin. <laughs> that is the level of quality like just i don't know what it is the the costumes don't quite look right the actors don't quite look like they could be from the middle east um they're like they're brown but not they don't they just don't look middle eastern i don't know what it is and maybe they fucking are i don't know but they just look weird and will smith looks stupid as fuck with like a weird goatee and a top head <laughs> top uh, ponytail it looks now apparently he's going to mostly be animated in the movie. Mm-hmm. He's not going to look like that all the time, which thank the Lord. But this, this to me, I mean, maybe, maybe you are more optimistic than me, but I think this looks terrible.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I i do not put any clout into this photo. Um, mm-hmm. Cause like someone made a good point that they and So entertainment weekly is the one who posted this one. Uh, and they're pretty notorious for having bad first looks. Um, like Pennywise was a few years, a few years ago and people were shitting all over it.
2: Oh, and, I love that! Oops, I hit my mic. I love the Pennywise first look, but yeah, there was some there was some backlash.
0: And so, uh, yeah, and then it turned out to be awesome. So uh, I'm not gonna put much into it. Like you said, like Guy Ritchie came out and said like that that's Will Smith or the Genie's human form. He won't be in that for a ton of for a lot of the movie. So um, I'm not too worried about that. My favorite thing though was, and I heard it from a couple places, but Jared I saw it first. He posted he had a tweet about uh, Aladdin's um, like. Vest and shirt combo, and it looks like <laughs> yeah. M- Marty McFly's vest and a New York Yankees jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "That's fucking perfect." That actually looks exactly like it. And then I've heard multiple people say that uh, it looks like Marty McFly's vest, so they might need to to uh, update that a little bit. And because, uh, like, I don't I don't remember Aladdin having a shirt on underneath. I thought it was just the red vest. And it was more of just like it looked like a flat, maybe like a a velvety felt type vest. So maybe kind of change that a little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'll I'll hold hold out judgment until I see it next year. Yeah,
2: This guy should definitely be topless. And that's not because I want to look at his bod, but Mm -hmm. he should probably be topless. And, yeah, and they they don't look dirty like he should at least look dirty. She she looks. Oh, man, she can get it. Um,
0: <laughs> Jesus.
2: And uh, it's just, I, I don't know. It just, it looks terrible. Uh, maybe it'll be good. I don't know. We'll see. I, I love the story of Aladdin, so I'm still going to go to this, but I, well, I, ugh, we'll see. I, I really don't know. We'll see. But you're right. We probably shouldn't put too much stock in the first look. I, I'm looking forward to some sort of footage now. So we'll, we'll see how it looks. All right. Uh, let's turn to a trailer that we saw. Uh, the, well, you saw. I didn't watch it. Uh, we are getting another Hellboy movie. David Harbour is taking over the role in 2019. Uh, it was Ron Perlman before. Uh, I've really liked what I've seen in terms of like the posters and and different art and stuff with David Harbour. Harbour, he looks like a dope ass Hellboy. Uh, what did you see, Seth, in the trailer?
0: No, oh, I, I thought it was a I thought it was definitely a fun trailer. Um, I only saw like the first Hellboy. I think I don't remember seeing the second one. So I mean, and I'm not like too versed on the Hellboy lore other than like you know he gets his horns cut off or whatever but uh yeah this trailer is pretty fun there it wasn't supposed to come out until tomorrow and they released it early which is kind of cool but uh it's it definitely has a lot of humor to it um you know hellboy kind of doing some fun fun little quips here and there cool action there's some really cool action with his gun and then his giant fist thing that he's got um so that that was pretty interesting uh, the cgi looks great uh in terms of like the the, the monsters and stuff because i think his stuff is all practical and so the, uh, the monsters and all that, that he's fighting, uh, the CGI looks really good. Definitely, uh, better to make it now. It's going to look better now than it did years ago when Ron Perlman did. Uh, the, the music was pretty cool. They played, uh, the, the whole trailer had "Money Money" by Billy Idol in it. Oh, wow. That was really cool. Uh, but yeah, it looks a lot of fun. Comes out, I think in April and, uh, not something I was super pumped about beforehand. Like, you know, just, I would probably see it regardless, but. Um, definitely have a little bit more excitement for it i'm excited david harbour looks great uh as hellboy and and you know he's he he's just i love david harbour he's he's a really cool guy it seems like and uh you know he he, he definitely fits the role well for for uh you know what what it, i get again i don't know a lot of the hellboy stuff so uh, but he you know fits fits what it what they're going for at least at this movie so i'm excited mm-hmm. for it
2: yeah del toro did a fantastic job with um with Ron Perlman and the makeup, all practical for the first one. And it looks like they're just as good in this one. Um, I love Harbor too. I think, you know, kind of still riding on that Stranger Things sort of fame that he's popped up in, but uh, great actor, uh, great actor too, and everything else I've seen him in. So uh, I'm excited for this. I'll go to it. I, I don't really care about Hellboy, but I'll see it for sure. We'll link to that trailer. Uh, Jared has also dropped a trailer reaction. So we'll, we'll link to both those videos. Um, so you can head out to the YouTubes at
1: Jared Buckendall
2: and check out what Jared thought uh, and let him know in the comments if you uh, agree.
0: Yeah, uh, I watched his his reaction as well and uh, definitely sounds like Jared has a hell boner right now for that movie, so.
2: (laughs) So Seth out, ladies and gentlemen. He'll be here all episode.
0: (laughs) Yeah, see ya, bye.
2: All right, well, before we get you out of here, we got a couple more things to talk about and uh, the first among them is reviews. So uh, between the two of us, we saw five movies this last weekend that we're going to review today. Uh, some will be a little quicker than others, um, but we had a, a kind of a good mix here. And I'm going to start with uh, the first one that I saw here, and I can be relatively quick about this one. Um, not 10 seconds quick, but, uh, but kind of quick. Um, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs is the new Coen Brothers kind of anthology movie. That is on Netflix, and it did generate some kind of Oscar buzz early on, uh, so we'll see how that goes. I don't—it'll be interesting to see if it does make it into Oscar consideration, but um, Ballad of Buster Scruggs is kind of an Old West anthology where there's like six or seven, I think, little stories that are kind of claimed, and they don't like crossover or anything like that. They're, they're all independent stories from one another. And so, kind of like we were talking about in Room 104, you you can like some of these and not like some others. Uh, most of them, I thought, were pretty good. And what I think is great about this, the Coen Brothers do such a good job of setting the tone for a world that they're in, and immediately in each of the in each of the little vignettes, um, you you figure out pretty quickly the mood and the tone. And some are funnier, some are more dark, uh, some are a little romantic. Like they do a good job of kind of stretching the the range of uh, emotion and theme and stuff so uh this is a is is cool i think as a whole it's kind of okay right Uh, i think some people are going to not like it and some people will but i think everyone will be able to find at least one story in here that they really really like Uh, Mm -hmm. and for me there was a couple i think the very first one where you meet the actual guy named buster scruggs is so fun and uh there's like a musical aspect and it's very cool um, and then there's a couple others that are a little darker. The the final one um, it is kind of, uh, kind of pretty dark and down, um, but they do a lot of different stuff here, so they're kind of directing their asses off, I think. There's a, a, a big cast. Each of the little stories has a different cast. You have people like Liam Neeson, uh, James Franco is in this, a uh, ton of different stars, and um, they're all doing pretty good performances. You know, they don't need to do very much at once, and uh, each of them has a kind of a little theme to it that you can that you can think about and ponder and they're all uh, they're all just interesting little stories and and people will have to watch it for themselves to figure out which ones they like best. But I would give this a recommend and Seth, I think you should watch it because I want to know which ones you like um, okay. out of out of them. but I think it's definitely worth a watch. Uh, if you're looking for an Oscar type movie. Uh, regardless of whether or not this gets nominated, I think it's worth a watch because the Cohen brothers are excellent and they're doing great work directing and there's great performances in here. So I think this is worth a watch and I'm, I'd be interested to hear, uh, on the tweets or in the comments, folks, uh, what were some of your favorite stories out of here? Uh, my, my top favorite one might be the first one to be honest, but there's one with a gold prospector that is, is up there on my list too. So there's, there's someone in here for everybody, I think.
0: That's one I've been wanting to check out. Um, I might catch up to it a little bit later on, so. I'll uh, start with a movie that... Middle of the road for the movies that I'm reviewing just myself. A movie I saw, got to see a little bit early as a Prime member on Saturday. Fancy. (laughs) Yeah, I had uh, had a free two-day shipping to that movie. Um, (laughs) That movie would be Aquaman. My man! Aquaman, of course, Jason Momoa plays Aquaman. Uh, Amber Heard uh, is the love interest. She can get it. Um, (laughs) <laughs> uh nicole kidman is the uh mother to aquaman um she can uh definitely get it as well um, i hate that i'm doing that um, <laughs>
1: i love it <laughs>
0: um so what i'll say about this movie I, I know jared had a chance to see it as well um he did he did enjoy it i, I would say he enjoyed it more than i did um there was so the positives I thought the CGI worked way better than I than I anticipated. Uh, there was very few moments in this movie that I was like, that's bad CGI. And it, actually not even that. There's very few moments in the movie where I was like, that's CGI. I mean, you know it's CGI, but it's like, you know, in Justice League when you see uh, Cyborg, you're like, that's CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't really anything in this movie where I'm like, oh, that's bad. Um, maybe a few moments that weren't quite as believable, but I didn't think anything was bad, actually. Um, there... I thought also like the fighting was really cool in a lot of moments, especially being underwater. There's a scene also in a lighthouse in Nicole Kidman uh, that was clearly CGI, but it was cool the way they did it. Was a very interesting fight scene um, in, in in a lighthouse. You see some of it in the trailer, but uh, it kind of goes uh, um, around them and over them, and it's like really cool camera angles. Like I could tell John uh, James Wan was very in charge of uh, a lot of that. Uh, action because it was just very unique different and that's what i liked a lot about some of the this movie especially the the visuals and the fighting is uh, you've never seen this stuff in not just uh you know action or superhero movies but in, in any movies and it was done really well in, in in terms of the visuals and that that was something i was really concerned about going in was how it was going to look and and feel and and that type of thing and um it uh it actually it was it was I thought it was all done really well. The tone was good, the fighting was good, the visuals were really good. Um what I didn't enjoy and and for the most part I thought what the characters were asked to do was done well enough. The the writing was just really bad in a lot of this movie. Um some really bad dialogue. I mean Jason Momoa has some really dumb one liners and Again, he's doing what he's asked to do. I actually don't didn't mind him as Aquaman, but some of the just the writing in this movie that where where he's just asked to deliver some really stupid lines was cringeworthy um The music was really out of place. I sent you a text after I saw the movie hmm. there apparently people knew about this beforehand. I did not, and I was furious about it um there There's a remix of Africa by Toto with Pitbull in it. Um, you don't know it's Africa by Toto until after Pitbull has rapped, so it's like one of those things that was like pulling the sheet out from underneath you mm. um, pulling the rug out from underneath you because it was like okay this is Pitbull this is terrible and then Africa by Toto is what he's rapping to <laughs> and I was I was I literally out loud said what the fuck in the theater because I could not <laughs> believe that that happened um, <laughs> so that pissed me off um, so the music was weird the writing was terrible and it was just is an it's it's a superhero origin story. You know exactly what's going to happen. It's nothing nothing at all different in terms of story that you've seen before. Um, it's it's basically Black Panther and like Thor Ragnarok. And someone had described that to the, had described that in in a review that I listened to previously, and that was perfect. It was like the most boring version of uh, of Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther into one movie. Hmm. And I I was just I found myself pretty bored with the superhero stuff uh, inter- or not superhero, but like the origin searching around stuff when there was fighting on the screen and there was cool visuals and stuff. I was intrigued and I didn't fall asleep, which was surprising. Um, but I, just overall, I was like, okay, I've seen this a hundred times now, please just let's get to the, the cool stuff when you have it. So I liked about half the movie as not, it, I probably actually liked about a third of the movie cause it was a two and a half hour long movie. Good um, I liked about an hour of it. Um, for when the action and stuff was going on. The rest of it, I was mildly entertained by looking at it and uh, laughing at how bad the writing was. So <laughs> if you're into the superhero stuff, if you're into DC stuff, it's not a bad DC movie, but it's definitely, I mean, if it was a Marvel movie, it would be down towards like Thor Dark World territory for me Ooh, type definitely. of thing. So yeah, I, I can't necessarily recommend it unless you're you know into this D- D- DC stuff. Uh, definitely not the worst DC movie though. I, I would put it probably th- probably...
2: Better in Suicide yeah, Squad? Yeah,
0: probably probably third. I'd probably put it third uh, behind Wonder Woman, of course, and I like Man of Steel more.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I would probably put it in that area. Slightly slightly worse than Man of Steel, I would say.
2: Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go see this this weekend when the Peasants uh, get it released, and um, I'll see what I think. But yeah, that's what you're saying is not surprising me at all. It's pretty much what I expect. Let's go on to one that we both saw, and... Oh man! <laughs> um, so I'll let sp-
0: just you review this one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Into the Spider Verse is so fucking good, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Like, oh my god! Like, it is so good, and it's so let's 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 be logical, Cody. You can't just say this is good a bunch of times. Stylistically, I think this is fucking amazing. This is one of the coolest mm-hmm. movies visually that I've seen ever. They have all sorts of visual effects with what they do to make it look like a comic book during parts. Um, what they do to create depth on the screen, I think, is really interesting. Because they do, they do like some blurring to, mm-hmm. to give it depth. And I didn't see this in 3D, but like it, it was just a weird, cool thing where you notice it, and then you adjust to it, and it's just really cool. And mm-hmm. there's so much color in this, it's insane. They do like a couple comic book like pop-ins with like some speech bubbles and things that are really creative and fun. Um, there's uh, just it, it it it's just watching a comic book is what this is, and a really super well done and exciting comic book. Um, yep. Visually, it's amazing. The music in this is incredible. I, the way they incorporate hip hop into this, I think, is awesome. There's a couple songs that seem shoehorned in, but uh, I've gone back and listened to the the score of this movie a couple times, and it's awesome. They they can create a lot of different emotions with with the soundtrack, and I noticed it more than I do most movies. Um, specifically, the, there's an evil character, the Prowler, that comes on, and he's got a song that comes on with a weird noise that is just terrifying. Like, it puts such fear in you immediately, and you know you're supposed to be scared of this character. So the sound is awesome. The voice talent in this is stacked. There's a dozen stars in this movie in, in one way or another. Um, and I think that... Um, Shameek Moore, who is the voice of Miles Morales does an incredible job. Um, and I, have seen him live action act in some things. And I, a couple times it's like, it's kind of weird to picture him as the voice of this kid. Um, but for the most part, especially for those who aren't used to him in other stuff like dope or uh, the get down, um, I think he's a convincing voice. Um, you get a couple surprises in here. Uh, Chris, uh, no, um, Chris Pine shows up. Uh, I didn't expect to see him. Uh, Jake Jake Johnson is in here. Nick Cage does a voice. Um, You have a Haley Steinfeld. There's just a bunch of John Mulaney, John Mulaney. (laughs) His character is awesome. This is a a, a wacky story. Um, First of all, you get the origin story of Miles Morales, but it it doesn't seem so origin story like. Right. It doesn't seem Mm -hmm. like a retread of what you've seen before. Um, Right. And they, they do a couple jokes as it relates to that, too, which is pretty funny. There's a lot of tongue-in-cheek, like, self-aware Spidey jokes. They, they reference uh, my favorite scene in Spider-Man 3. Uh, <laughs> they, they reference a lot of really cool stuff from the existing Spider-Man universe. Um, this is just a super fun story. Uh, it's not a lot of surprises. I mean, it's, it's most of what you'd expect. But uh, it's just an interesting one with the colliding of all these different universes. It was just so much fun. I was grinning ear to ear for the entire two-hour, what, hour and 45, maybe, runtime. I just had so, so much fun with this. And, um, I'm like cheering during different parts and I'm like, this is a fucking cartoon and I'm cheering. And, uh, the last thing I'll say is this, this is the absolute best Stan Lee cameo that there has been in a movie. And, uh, it made me cry and, uh, it was just, it, it fit in with the movie. It didn't seem so shoehorned in it fit in fine with the movie and, you know, with his passing recently, just totally just nailed me. And I loved it. I thought it was amazing. And basically, top to bottom, this movie is incredible. I have nothing bad to say about it. A lot of people are saying it's their favorite Spider-Man movie ever. I'm not ready to go there yet. I need to give it some time and maybe see it some more. But it, it'll it be in that running. I'll tell you that. And you know how much I love Spidey. So this was amazing. It's great to see Miles Morales leading the movie. So I'm hoping we eventually get a live-action version of him. But this is A-plus, top to bottom for me. I got nothing bad.
0: Uh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> think you covered it all
2: you saw it before i did and you said mm-hmm. you said you said you are gonna love this and i was like oh mm-hmm. fuck i'm so excited so and
0: yeah you're right. <laughs> yeah no i i am ready to say it's my favorite spider-man movie um it was yeah i mean from from the the reference you made uh to the 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 other movies mm-hmm. uh, from spider-man 3 that happens in the first like three minutes i was instantly hooked uh, i knew that they were I knew that they had made this movie for, I mean, a kid could watch it, but also, um, it, it's for fans of Spider-Man, you know, mm-hmm. it's for, it's for people who, um, you know, have, have spent all these, you know, these hours and years on, on the character. Um, so there's a lot of those references, but yeah, I mean, at, at its core, it's also like a really, like an, a really emotional movie too. I mean, there's multiple deaths in the movie, uh, which is crazy um the 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 voice acting is like you said is awesome um nick cage as noir spider-man was (laughs) killing me they had so much fun with that i i was i was talking to jared i would love a uh a noir and spider ham team-up movie like a buddy cop movie Uh, (laughs) that would be amazing Um, yeah, this was a ton of great voice. Jake Johnson, I loved his, his, uh, Peter Parker. Uh, that was, that was awesome. You know, it's funny with Uh, him.
2: Um, I was, I saw him cast in that role and -hmm. was like, that's a really fucking weird casting. But then when you figure out, you know, when you figure it out, when you start seeing the movie, you're like, that is so Mm -hmm. perfect. It's a, it's, Mm -hmm. it's such a great cast and he does an excellent job.
0: And then, um, like I was talking about on our villains episode, Kingpin was the main villain in this movie, and he was awesome. He had yeah. he had he had depth to him, which is very similar to the depth in the Daredevil show, um, because of his his family and stuff. Uh, that that was very similar um, to that. So, uh, again, awesome depth with with a great choice with a the villain there. Um, made sense what he was doing, what he was doing. Um, they have the freaking um, super collider in a movie, in a movie, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that has only been talked about uh, in the, you know, from comics and stuff. And they, they get to do that in a movie. That's super nerdy, super like deep Spider-Man and Marvel stuff. Uh, yeah, it's it. I mean, it's it's pretty damn, pretty damn good. Um, it's already uh, getting talked about for best animated picture this year. Hands down. For the not, Oscars. Even,
2: not even fucking close.
0: Well, it's. It, Incredibles two is 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 up there. No, um, oh, not
2: for... not even like I love Incredibles two. I give it super high ranks. This blows mm-hmm. it away, for me. I I get that. So,
0: <laughs> but you're not ready to call it your favorite Spider-Man movie.
2: Not quite. It's gonna have a hard time beating. Like I was fucking twelve when I saw Spider-Man. You know, it's just it's got some of that to work against. But it's I'm at least ready to admit that it's going to be in that conversation when I sit down and really think about it.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's your favorite. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, you might know better than I do um but uh it's certainly uh pun intended here is amazing and i
0: think you're just i think you're just holding off because it's so recent um but I, I think i think it is
2: you you may be right in time um but uh that's where i that's where I draw the line at my hysterical love for this movie is is there um but eventually it it very well may get to that and they, i mean this movie like I'll watch it again when i'm ninety and still laugh. And mm-hmm. they, it's it's great for guys like you and I. It's great to take kids to. Um, it's great for comic book nerds. It's great. It reminds me of the Lego Movie in that regard, right? Mm-hmm. Just kind of everyone is going to love something about this movie, and I loved everything about it. So it's fantastic. Twelve out of ten, whatever the fuck score you want to give it. It's If you if you haven't seen it, I don't care if you like Spider Man, go fucking watch it. It's a blast.
0: I also just don't know how it couldn't be be anyone's favorite Spider Man movie because it has literally has everything in it in terms of spider-man it has like a ton of the villains it has a ton of different Mm spider-mans it has you know the two most famous ones in peter parker and miles morales um it has all the different suits and shit like that um
2: oh i geeked out so hard one of they
0: showed all the suits that was cool they had the the ps4 spider-man suit in there which is kind of cool um but uh you know it, it has you know it has your mjs and it has um all this nerdy Spider-Man stuff, but it also has, like, like I said, it has super emotional. De- I think it has the most emotional depth of any Spider-Man movie in terms of if, on both sides of, of the coin of different characters. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't for me, my favorite going into it was homecoming. I thought they thought homecoming did the most justice for Spider-Man, but I think this did even more. Um, so I, that, that's why it's my favorite and, and I've had a week to sit on it, but I think, I think, yeah, uh, yeah, this, this, this one's become my favorite one. So I'm
2: glad you're, I'm glad there's not video on this one. Cause as you're talking about it, I have the stupidest fucking grin on my face right now. <laughs> this is okay. I'll give it to you, Seth. This is my favorite Spider-Man movie.
0: All right. I wanted you to admit it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's so good. I'm going to go again. Um, yeah. and I hate 3d movies, but I'm going to go try and check this out in 3d. I think we have an IMAX 3d here in town and, um, I'm going to try to check that out. I think, but, uh, so I'm going to pay like twenty five dollars to see this movie a second time. That's how much I love it.
0: Mm-hmm. It's it's one I've wanted. i actually do want to go back and, and revisit. So uh, I might go again in the theater too. I don't know yet.
2: Well, let's uh, let's shift gears. We we love Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Uh, this next one I want you to talk about. I, I don't think you loved as much.
1: Hmm.
0: Definitely did not. <laughs> um. Yeah. The next one I'll talk about is uh, the mule. Um should be called the jackass cuz that's what Clint Eastwood is for making this
1: <laughs> I was taking a drink <laughs> oh, oh, I got water coming out of my nose <laughs> Oh, you got me. Oh man. Oh. Okay. <laughs> you <can> go on. <laughs>
0: So, The Mule. Um, I'm sure most people have seen the trailer, um, which, if you've seen the trailer, doesn't have anything to do with the movie, basically, other than tell you kind of what... Just the... The the, the trailer has a complete different tone. Um, the story is very similar, um, or the same, but the tone and what the actual movie is is not the same at all. Um, Kalenis Wood's an old fuck who is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who... Uh, basically becomes a drug mule for uh, the cartel. And that's all you need to know. And so, well, I guess there's a little bit more that doesn't tell you in the trailer. So he's he's been a daylily uh, gardener, like a a top daylily gardener in in the country. That sounds so stupid. (laughs) Um, So he's like one of the top ones. He's going to all these conventions. He's known for being a daylily gardener gardener and sells his daylilies at these conventions. Um, This is the, this takes place like 12 years before 2017 is kind of when they show him being this popular guy. And then you kind of see the internet starting to become a thing and you flash, flash forward 12 years and uh, he's out of business because the internet has taken over the flower, flower game. (laughs) The internet's running the flower game now. Um, Jesus Christ. That
2: sounds fucking stupid already. (laughs)
0: Um. So he's kind of left, um, with nothing, He you know, put, packs up his truck with a bunch of stuff, uh, and goes to his daughter's, uh, or granddaughter's, uh, wedding shower. Now you find out also kind of during this time that he like misses his daughter's wedding. He's just a shitty, shitty father, shitty husband, uh, misses his, his wife's, all his wife's stuff, his daughter's stuff to be basically the popular daylily farmer, <laughs> And he's like drinking with his buddy, like that's what he misses his daughter's wedding for—is to drink with his buddies at a flower convention. And God, that's so dumb. Yeah. Um, and so he, so he's left. He's at he's at rock bottom. He's left with nothing. And he shows up, but his granddaughter, for some stupid reason, still wants him around and enjoys him. And so he goes to show up at her wedding shower. His act, his his family is there. His daughter and his ex wife are like, hey get the fuck out of here. You're a piece of shit, man. And uh, he does. But before he leaves, a guy comes up to him and says, Hey, I uh, see so you you know, you got a bunch of old rusty shit in the back of your old ass truck. You need a job. And <laughs> Clint Eastwood um, says, yes. And so he, the, all the guy, the guy tells him, Hey, you're just going to, you know, you're clearly good at driving or Clint Eastwood tells him he's good at driving. You're, you need to transport some stuff. Finds out, hey, it's drugs that I'm that I'm transporting, and so <laughs> that's kind of the basic premise of the movie that he's transporting all these drugs. Um, the reason I give all that context is because the main theme of this movie is family and uh, redemption and and making up for lost time, essentially. And what really is is stupid is that. The redemption that he gets, because, I mean, it's pretty clear that he's going to get some sort of redemption, right? Um He doesn't earn a single ounce of that redemption because he's been shitty all his life. Been shitty to his daughter, his Daughter Wedding, shitty to his wife. And he gives them money for making, you know, for being a drug mule. And the world is happy again, essentially. I mean, he shows up for a couple things, whatever. But, like why what it, like the writing here is so stupid because th- that doesn't in the real world that doesn't make up for a thing you know like it, it makes no sense why these characters would forgive him so quickly also um he's a drug mule uh <laughs> he's a shitty person <laughs> like he knows what he's doing he knows it's completely illegal he he is a he, He's banging all these women in this movie. He's he's ninety years old and he's like hooking up with these twenty year olds because he's got money. Um, He is (laughs) he he's also a racist. Oh god! (laughs) He 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 makes there. There's multiple jokes in this movie about different races. There's a lot of Mexican people in the movie. He makes Mexican jokes. There's uh, a black couple. He makes fun. He makes a a racist comment to them. it, it's not like direct you know it's not like the worst words you can say but it's also it's a it's, it's an offshoot and it's still not cool you know <laughs> so like and and like the the with like a movie like Gran Torino he does a lot of those jokes right but Gran Torino he gets he he redeems that in the end by you know uh, sacrificing himself and kind of becoming friends and understanding a little bit in Gran Torino none of that the racism in this movie has the, really it has nothing to do like other than to show he's old and out of touch the, the, it serves no point that should have been, shouldn't have been in the movie um, same thing with like and I kind of get this a little bit more but also just like you didn't have to even you could have just had him lose his business but um, he's mad at like young people for being on their phones all the time and um, I agree with that we're on our phones a lot but like he makes those comments talks about young people he also talks about bradley cooper being young bradley cooper's like 40 years old um (laughs) you know so like it just it seems like a lot like the reason i was more more upset about those things in general it's like really don't have that much to do with the story um especially the racism stuff and it just seems like uh, because Wood directed and produced this movie he didn't write it but he definitely had a lot to do with creative choices and he was starred in it so he definitely had a lot to do with what he said um, this just seemed like an old white man who's mad at the world. It was just what it seemed like throughout the movie. That that wasn't like the the old, I thought the main the main issue I had the reason I thought this just made no sense was the redemption story and how dumb his family is because for whatever reason they just forgive him for all this shit after all this time. I would say though like the the acting in the movie was was not bad. Um, Clint Eastwood just you know mumbles his way through it, but. Uh, Bradley Cooper was really good. Um, He's awesome in everything, and he was the only thing that kept me like somewhat uh, in check with this movie. Uh, I thought Michael Pena is also in the movie. He does a really good job. Um, He's kind of a funny little comedic. uh, like he does, kind of not as dumb as like an Ant Man, but he you know kind of throws some funny little one-liners in there. But him and Bradley Cooper are, like a detective team um, in the DEA, and uh, they're they actually I would actually watch that movie. Those two just being kind of like hanging out and doing doing their thing. They were a lot of fun to watch. But other than that, I mean, I can't even say the directing was good because like the because it just seemed like the, it was Clint Eastwood trying to tell a, a story about an old white man and and uh, why the world is shitty right now. So. Uh, the it was shot well it was actually shot pretty well too like a lot of the visuals were good the music was actually pretty good Um, and the other thing too the tone the tone was really weird Um, because like the trailer makes it seem like it's going to be like this dark emotional uh, drama and that's what I wanted that's what I was going in for and it was trying to be a comedy because there was so many like part of Clint Eastwood's character is that he's like a very charming dude but he's also a huge piece of shit but he's, you know, charming and makes these jokes. And a few jokes landed, but a lot... Of, for me. But a lot of the jokes were, like, those somewhat racist or age or uh, misogynistic or just, like, stuff that he doesn't earn because you they lead you in the beginning to show that he's a piece of shit. But then you're supposed to laugh at his jokes? Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense. Like, why would I laugh at... Why would I think he's funny if I've seen him be a douchebag this entire movie? <laughs> um, I... It just... It, for a movie that was that had so much going into it and, and there was a really good movie in here like this could have been a really hard hitting uh family drama and had something to say about family and all that fell, fat, fell, fell flat fell flat because the writing was so bad and and the the messages that he was trying to say didn't have any substance to it it was just he just kind of bluffed it all out thinking that he was saying something really important and the only people that i was in this theater was full of old people like (laughs) that i saw it with and people were laughing at all these jokes that didn't shouldn't be laughed at uh, in in today's world or at least felt like it was weird to laugh at i just felt gross watching it at times um because of some of that and like it it was none of it was done like how uh, the ranch does does some of that tongue-in-cheek with the conservative jokes and those aren't even half as bad as some of the stuff in this movie. Um, like none of this was done tongue in cheek. I I just felt Clint Eastwood was pissed off at something, and mm. ugh, I, I don't. This is easily my most disappointing movie of the year, Ooh. and probably and easily my least favorite movie of the year uh, that I got to see in the theater. And I I saw some stinkers. Um, actually, I didn't see that many stinkers. Uh, this this was it wasn't like technically technically speaking wasn't a bad movie um it's it's you you watch it on the screen and it looks good um and the acting for the most part is good but the actual material and like on service level anything past service level it's it's trash um i hated it and i hope no one goes to see this movie
2: (laughs) seth is on fire (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, uh, you, you really hated this because you came out the other day and sent me a Bible worth of text about how fucking hor you were like, don't go to this movie. And here's a hundred reasons why. And I was like, okay, I won't see it. Um, and, uh, you, you mentioned most of them here and yeah, I think if you're going to have a shitty racist, ageist dickhead character, it's gotta be for a good reason. Right. Mm-hmm. And most of the time they probably shouldn't be your main character. Right. Like there's racism mm-hmm. in green book, but there's a point. Right. Um, and and what you're saying here is it's just dumb. It's like, they make it a character trait for no good reason. And that's stupid and annoying. And I, I, am not a fan of Clint Eastwood anyway, but well, I, I would love to hear you continue to rant about this, but our show is going to be long already. Um, (laughs) and so the mule is a fart box. Don't go see it. Um, if you did see it and you liked it, let us know why. Um, I, I can't imagine Seth being that wrong. Um, but, um maybe i don't fucking know i'm not gonna see this i probably wasn't going to anyway but certainly now uh definitely not because i don't wanna have to throw my fucking shoe at a white person that laughs at the n-word so um <laughs> let's uh let's bounce on uh if you take a couple have you taken a little lap around your, your room and a couple breaths oh yeah okay good uh I just, let's uh
0: fiercely masturbated and i'm good
2: okay good um glad <laughs> i heard you do that um <laughs> let's move on to our our final uh our final movie review this week a lot of oscar buzz for this one i'm really interested to see what you thought of it
0: yeah last one uh pre- premiered on netflix on friday uh roma um i don't know what that what the what roma translates to but um <laughs> never mind i won't say it because it's a, it would be a weird spoiler but um uh roma so yes uh don't know any of the actors' names. Not even going to try and pronounce them. But Alfonso Coron, Coron can't say that either. Was the director, um, and I think he wrote it as well. The black and white, uh, Spanish, primarily Spanish-speaking uh, film uh, takes place in the 1970s in Mexico. Uh, don't know exactly what city, but it's uh, basically it's kind of like a slice of life movie. Uh, it's like two hours and fifteen minutes or so, and. It's, uh, it's about this, um, about this, uh, maid-ish type person for a family named Cleo. Uh, I think that's her name. She, she works for this family and basically that's kind of a, I mean, that's kind of the, the plot-ish. I mean, she, it just kind of shows what happens to her over the course of probably a year-ish or so. And it's, uh, this, this family, um. Clearly has some money. Uh, it's like a doctor and then his wife and like four or five kids in this house. So she's she's taking care of this family. Um, she clearly has like a really strong bond with the kids and and, and the relationship with the wife is kind of weird, but uh, the, the doctor's only home every once in a while and he's uh, clearly not as connected to the family, but Cleo is. I mean, her her, her she has a lot of uh, heartfelt relationship with the kids um, that that was really really uh d- done very very well on uh in this movie and on screen uh it it, it is primarily uh spanish there there are a few moments in in english uh when they visit some english families and stuff but for the most part it's subtitles uh, which i thought would bother me but and especially with watching it at home too it didn't really bother me as much uh, after i got through the first it is kind of it because there's a lot of dialogue. this movie is heavy heavy dialogue um it's hard to keep up with for a little bit at the beginning because there's times where there's like two or three or four characters on the screen where it's going back and forth pretty quick but once you kind of get used to it it's actually not bad and i actually didn't have any it didn't have any it didn't hinder my enjoyment of the movie at all um it's also with black and white um i actually i i like black and white films i know a lot of people don't i i enjoy watching them uh especially too this one was shot in h d r too so 4K HDR and it was a gorgeous movie, um with especially with the kind of like the whites with like a, uh, the the light like the brighter whites and like the really deep blacks through for, for the HDR, which was cool. Um, Is that it was that a joke that
2: uh, Clint Eastwood makes in his movie? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, unfortunately, not. um No, but uh, it it looked it was a really gorgeous looking movie because uh, there's a lot of there's a ton of like tracking shots in this movie a lot of shots of dog poop, which was weird. Um, <laughs> just like um, the Clint Sword movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, uh, but, um, there, I mean, just, it was a really, a, a really gorgeous movie to watch. Uh, cinematography was done really, really well. Directing was done really, really well. I mean, you don't know any of these actors, so it's, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, you believe him because you've never seen him before, but, um, there's some really deep emotional scenes in this movie. And, uh, it's there's some heavy hitting scenes and uh, i i really enjoyed watching that um there's some really weird scenes too um i would recommend checking out jared's review on (laughs) on youtube that he kind of alludes to one and it's I I, uh, I I want you to watch the movie just for that scene because I want you to text me after it because it's it's comes out of fucking nowhere.
1: <laughs> I think uh, it, I, I might know what you're talking about just based on seeing the uh, the like little previews of of Jared's video <laughs> at Jared
0: Buckingham.
2: <laughs> and I'm excited. <laughs> so I'm oh gonna check. Oh my
0: god, this it's I I had watched Jared's review before the I watched the movie, and when that scene came on, I still had no clue like that was coming. I was like okay oh what <laughs> like doing one of those in my head like what is why is this included in the movie um i did say like i did i did think though like i talked about at eternity's gate and like phantom thread kind of being pretentious especially phantom thread this movie had a lot of pretentious moments in terms of like the the camera work and the shooting of it like there's a i'm i at least it's at least a five minute scene but it's probably around five minutes five to ten minutes of the the doctor guy trying to park his car over and over again and i'm like wh- oh, I and they just kept doing nuts yeah and they kept doing different camera angles of it and like showing the speedometer and then he run, ran over some of the dog poop um there's I, when i say there's a lot of dog poop in this movie there is so much dog poop in this movie. <laughs> ridiculous.
1: It's so funny to think that
2: like Dog Poo and the mystery scene that you're talking about are in this super pretentious Oscar movie.
0: Yeah, it's weird. Um but like the movie itself isn't really weird. It's just like some of the shots are weird and like this this dog is this dog I think his name's like Rufus or something. Um he's he's in this movie a shitload there's a lot of dogs in this movie actually like there there's probably like 12 different dogs in this movie (laughs) um there's also a bunch of airplane shots like tons of like they show up the sky like the in the sky they show airplanes over and over again flying over there's a shot of like a reflection with an airplane which are cool but it's just like and it takes forever for these airplanes to pass over the camera and it's like all right man we fucking get it you want to show something cool this movie shouldn't be two hours or 14 minutes. Um, like, he was just trying to be very artsy-fartsy about it. Like, soup. Like, for no reason type of thing. Mm-hmm. Just, like, just to be artsy. Um, kind of, some of it, like, yeah, the 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 parking scene really, really was really getting on my nerves. Um, but, like, some of the other stuff I thought was pretty cool in, in terms of, like, the airplane and all that stuff. So, cool shots. Also some ones that were unnecessary. But, uh as a, as a whole definitely see this one, um, being a best picture candidate. I don't think it'll win. Uh, I think some of the, I think a star is born and, and green book are both stronger, uh, just in terms of an overall movie. And I do think some people will have issues with it being primarily foreign, foreign, uh, language. Uh, I could definitely see this being the best, best picture in foreign language film. And then, you know, being still being nominated for best picture, that type of thing. Um, I don't think it'll win best picture. I, I definitely think Koron has a very uh, strong chance at winning best director though, just mm-hmm. because this movie is all him. I mean, this is, this is his vision, uh, his, his entire direction. Um, you can, you can see his entire stamp all over this movie. So he does an awesome job of it. And, uh, yeah, just a little, maybe a little bit too pretentious for my taste, but I enjoyed it though as a whole. And, uh, there's some very memorable moments in this movie. Uh, some, like I said, very, very, very hard hitting performances and moments as well. And, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I would definitely recommend checking it out. And, uh, especially if you're into the artsy Oscar type of stuff or just fans of, uh, weird shots and dog poo. So,
2: well, I love dog poop. So I'm definitely going to watch this one. <laughs> um, I'll probably, I'll check it out anyway. Um, because I've heard such good, I've heard like remarkably too good of things like, I kind of I, I, I want to watch it because I can't. It's like I'm, it's hard for me to believe that a movie is as good as people are saying this is. Um, I don't
0: think. I, yeah, I've seen like some people coming out of like the Toronto International Film Festival saying like a masterpiece. I think that's kind of died down over the last few weeks now. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, some people are saying masterpiece. I don't think that quite sure. lives up to that. But it's it's a it's it's a very well done movie, and I enjoyed a lot of it.
1: Well, there you have it. Roma
2: is now on Netflix, so you can check that one out. Um, so, we were kind of all over the board with reviews this week. Uh, some greats, some crap, and um, some literal dog crap. So, uh, <laughs> a lot of stuff going on in reviews. Um, so, check out all that stuff. Let us know uh, at underscore Cody Michael, at Seth or at Soko Show Pod what you thought of all of these movies. That's going to take us up to the end of the show. But before we go, we got to give you one more thing. But I'm down
1: to one, one more.
2: Thing. I'll go first with one more thing this week. Um so I've been watching the latest uh, season 5 of Brooklyn 99 on uh, Hulu. And I love that show. It's a great show. I'm really enjoying season 5. There's a lot of stuff with uh, Jake and Amy that is super enjoyable and fun to watch. Um hilarious. Basically, it's a great show. Seth has reviewed it a number of times on here and it's um excellent. The problem I have is with the theme music of these fucking shows. On streaming sites. And we I've talked about this. I tweeted about this today, and I got like a billion re-likes on Twitter. I don't know how Twitter works. Because you're, you're watching the show. You see re-likes. the cold open. There's a hilarious joke at the end. And then the theme song comes on, and it is so goddamn loud. Like, they'll, they'll be like talking at a conversational level, and they'll be like, here's a witty one-liner. And then, da-da-da-da-da! And it is... It, <laughs> Like my walls are shaking Because I have to turn it up To hear the dialogue But then you gotta mute it It's kind of like The Office I know everyone who watches The Office Knows what I'm talking about on Netflix Because it is so fucking loud I know Parks and Rec Does the same thing on Hulu I don't know what the problem is But someone needs to get on this And fix it And I know that I'm not the only one That notices this
0: The Cody Coalition for Quieter Music
2: Yeah Yeah The the CCQM Cody's Coalition (laughs) for Quieter Music I just And you know Or give me a skip skip the intro option like Netflix did. Basically, I don't want to have to mute my TV so that my windows in my house don't shatter because I'm listening to the Brooklyn Nine-Nine horns. That's all That's <laughs> all I'm saying. Just someone please agree with me and tweet at me. And just, just I, I know I'm not alone on this. So we need to all raise our voices as one and get someone to fix this shit because it's out of control.
0: You need to start a GoFundMe. Yeah. My one more thing is also related to a TV show. Um, something that I laughed at Uh, a lot this this week on twitter so apparently i don't follow this stuff but apparently kanye and the rapper drake have been uh feuding on twitter like kanye has been mentioning drake on twitter a bunch Mm -hmm. and so uh drake uh bell the star of drake and josh um, and hit music star and also star of uh such a, a blockbuster movie parody uh, superhero movie <laughs> uh, um tweeted at uh, uh Kanye and said I'm sorry I didn't mean to I didn't mean to offend you or something along those lines and it was like uh, I think you misinterpreted my call was was one of them and then uh and then Josh decided to follow up Josh Peck uh, decided to follow up with uh, nobody talks to my brother like that <laughs> And so, of course, reference to the show Drake and Josh, and I just thought that was hilarious that those two were trolling Kanye.
2: <laughs> it's really funny. It's funny because, one, it's funny, and if you if you know that show, it's hilarious. Um, also, picture Kanye looking at that and being like, who the fuck are these guys?
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, they were famous before he was.
2: Yeah, yeah, but I'm willing to bet he doesn't know who the hell they are.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably not. I don't yeah. think Kanye was a Nickelodeon kid.
2: No. He's much too angry to have been a Nickelodeon kid. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got Kanye, Drake, and Josh, and please turn the goddamn music down. And one more thing.
1: But I'm down to one more.
2: One more thing. That's gonna wrap up. Do you
0: think? Uh, <laughs> uh, do you think Clint Eastwood complains about the music being too loud and <laughs> on, on Brooklyn Nine Nine?
2: Oh, I bet he does. There's also blacks in Brooklyn Nine Nine, so he probably hates <laughs> that. <Yeah. laughs> That's going to take us to the end of episode 73. I know it's been a long one because we had to let Seth go on that diatribe about the mule. But oh, um, <laughs> don't forget to subscribe wherever it is you're listening so you can get new episodes of the show every Friday. Uh, like, share, subscribe and comment uh, wherever it is you find wherever it is you find us. Um, hit us on the tweets at underscore Cody Michael at Seth O'Ot and at SoCoShowPod if you want to chat about what you heard on the show today. Don't forget to check out the description box for links to uh, the stories we talked about, some fun stuff, and our sponsors as well, including audibletrial.com slash SoCo, 30 days in your first book for free. <coughs> Etsy.com slash shop and Wed for Mike's wood word <laughs> i knew i'd get you there and etsy.com slash shop slash mathis designs for pretty stuff from our good friend steph mathis cha-ching bitches there it is uh great stuff again check out the description box hit the link subscribe all that good stuff uh for seth i almost i almost went into the the nicknames i can't use um but for seth thought oh yeah has been SpongeCo square beans thanks for listening we will see you next week
0: Bye.